Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, how are we doing on this wonderful day to be alive? I'm doing great. I ain't, I ain't complaining about nothing. I'm good. Well, you shouldn't complain about things, man. That's always good. Yeah. Um, how's life treating you? How's your week been? Uh, week's been, it was a pretty good week. I was on a good route all week, so it was. A good route. Know, yeah, good route. It was Mail uh, talk. Yeah, yeah, meaning. Um, uh, no panties thrown at you, no. No, no, no. Just uh, not, not a physical. It's not as physical. I wasn't on a very physical route this this week. So What is physical? Like, what does that mean? What is a physical route? Like an uphill? A lot of like, walking and steps. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know this was something that uh, was into uh, an account. I never thought about that. Yeah. There's less physical routes than others. Yeah, but I'm just sitting on my ass and just ride to the boxes all day. Got it. Yeah. You don't even have to really get out. I don't have to get out. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, okay. This, this is news to me. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I gotta get you. I gotta, we can have a whole mail talk segment yeah, in the future. So, uh, I got to get you some uh, taglines and yeah. stuff like what's, that. What's going on with you, man? How's, how's everything? Uh, life's going good, man. I, I went, uh, our buddy, JJ, friend of the show, his fiance had a early 2000s party okay over the weekend was this a birthday party or it was a birthday okay, party cool. got you funny though because she's like 26 years old hmm. so she you know early 2000s she was alive and you know in the mix but it was missing a little this the playlist didn't have the hits on it she's 26 early 2000s so like 2000 yeah. 2003 she was like seven yeah you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. where we were like 10 11 we were just just it's uh, different it's, it's just a little yeah, yeah, yeah. those little couple of years differences yes. with at those formative ages you just like absorb stuff differently mm-hmm. so the playlist was a little lacking but other than that i had a great time man i i put on my i, I put on my finest velour sweatsuit yeah i seen that had on my freshest butter lugs they weren't Tim's. They were Lugs. Had the Birdman joints? Had the Birdman Lugs. Mm, had to pay homage yeah. to Birdman. Yeah. Um, and Sweatband. Keep in mind, it's August. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, was in, it was in use. Oh. <laughs> it was very much in use. I should have packed two. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, it, was, I, it, was a, it, was a, it was dedication for me to 
put on a velour sweatsuit in yeah. 80 something degree heat. Yeah. And yeah. you're drinking and moving around. Oh yeah. And- yeah. All of that stuff. Uh, you know, um, first of all, let me just take you through the whole process. So well, we- well, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Go ahead. I'll oh, ask no, you no, after. after you. you know, I'll ask, yeah. Okay. Ask after. So JJ hit me up. Okay. Uh, like shout out to Jay. Shout out to Jay. He hit me up like a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have much notice because if I had more notice, I would have probably gone for a specific photo to replicate and I would have picked a summary outfit. Yeah, no. So because of the lack of time, I mm-hmm. went Diddy. Yeah. I was like, Diddy, Sean John sweatsuit. It's just an easy go-to. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't have that much time because you might have overdid it. I know you. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> I wanted to overdo it. I know. I would have bought, bought a Cardinals I, baseball jersey. A bat. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have looked like I was in the St. Louis. I would have bought a, the half a mask that that one dude in the St. Lunatics wore. I would I mean I would have went all out, man. I know, man. Yeah, so I wish I had more time. I would have definitely gone. I would have definitely gone above and beyond. I thought about replicating the Justin Timberlake denim suit uh, from the VMAs in 2003 with Britney Spears, but I was like, where do you get a denim suit? Then I'll really pass out. So yeah. I really, I really went as basic as I could. Yeah. But it wasn't as basic as I thought because most guys just had on do rags and, ba- and basketball jerseys and, okay. and baggy pants and, yeah. and like big basketball jerseys. Yeah. That's like. The easiest, mm-hmm. and and it was like they they had that stuff. Me, I throw I threw out all my stuff from youth. Like I didn't. J- JJ just had capris left mm. from when he was. I thought he bought thirteen. Those. No, no. Where do you? Where would you buy jorts? Not even jorts. I don't even know what you, capri pants. Yeah, the ones that are sh- they're technically pants mm-hmm. or technically shorts, but they go down to your ankle and are just Not even huge. That. Maybe like mid shin. Yeah, mid shin. Yeah, 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 more of like a mid shin style. Yeah. That's true. Good point. But if you sag them. Now you're getting closer to ankle. Yeah. And he was sagging them. You're sagging them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, you got to just have those in the tuck somewhere. And like some old Ben from, that's marked, you I'm know, sure 04. Find, yeah, I could probably find some. In, yeah. Somewhere but in you also have like a a like a, a, a standard home. Yeah. Where you could go to. Like your dad's house is the same house. Yeah, yeah okay. So gotcha. you could go find something. Yeah. We've moved around so much in yeah. my life. Like I don't have like a, <laughs> a, a home base where I could go like. Oh man, my toys from when I was six. Right. Like that shit's gone. Yeah. It's just in the ether somewhere. I don't know where it is. Hopefully some other kid is enjoying the things that my mom has bought me in my life because yeah. they're not like available to me. But my point is I had to go buy the whole thing from scratch. Mm-hmm. Right. So I buy the whole outfit again. I wish I had more time. I would have definitely dove deep. I probably would have had like a, a photo for uh comparison with me there. I, I like know. I'm doing this. I know. <laughs> so I didn't have as much time, had a week and a half, I knew Amazon would come through and get it here in time for the for the party. Mm-hmm. And it did, it came. I the velour sweatsuit wasn't Sean John. Really hard to find Sean John velour sweatsuits. I you probably had to go to eBay expensive. eBay or something. Yeah, it's, it's like that's probably like a collector's item yes. now. <laughs> and again, if I had more time, I probably would have bought a Sean John that's sweatsuit. Insane. Just because I wanted to be true to the character. I was like, we're, it's 2001. I need a Sean John sweatsuit, but they weren't available on Amazon. Yeah. And if I would have gone through eBay, it would have been like, well, we can get it to you in about 10 days. Because yeah. it's from some personal guy, person or something. So I just went with the generic velour sweatsuit. Mm. Got some headbands, got some extra large tall tees, and, um, and a chain. I thought okay. the chain was going to be huge. It wasn't huge, but whatever. It was a small, it was a medium-sized chain. Yeah. It, it did the job. Anyway, the stuff comes. It's now party day. It wasn't as hot as it's been, okay. but it was still hot. And I had on Humid. 30 pounds of clothes. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the jacket, the pants, everything's huge. Yeah. But I, I suit up and then I realized, shit, you don't want to come to a birthday party empty handed. So mm. I'm going to go to the liquor store yeah. and get some hypnotic and some cognac mm-hmm. and Credible Hulks. There's no, there's no other time to buy hypnotic than going to an early 2000s uh, party. Yeah. But then- 
problem. I have to go into the liquor store dressed how I'm dressed because <laughs> I didn't think to go the day before. Yeah. So then me, I try, and also I threw out the tall tee because I was like, if I do that, I'm going to die. Having a big ass white shirt on underneath of the velour. So I just went tank top underneath. More hmm. of like a B2K look. I'm a little upset. That I threw out the tall tee? Yeah, you, 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 wasn't as, you wasn't as committed as I thought you were. Yeah, well, it's hot, man. You say you got to be committed to it, though. That's true. That's fair. But <laughs> but I, if I had more time, I would have been fully committed in a, in a seasonally appropriate outfit. So I yeah. had to make some sacrifices, man. I didn't want to pass out at somebody's birthday party. I understand that. You know, so anyway, so I go, well, I won't wear the velour jacket into Inside. the liquor store. Gotcha. I'm just going to go tank top, no headband, mm-hmm. huge pants, lugs boots. Yeah. Now- this was probably the most I never felt like I felt racist towards myself going into this. Like yeah. I went into a liquor store dressed like 50 Cent in 2003 yeah. and, and and went to the thing and like the shelf and grabbed a bottle of Hypnotic. Yeah. And and instead of getting uh, Hennessy, I got mm. Cavassier. Mm. I took it really back. Yeah. I was like, we're going back. We're going back. So I grabbed a bottle of Hypnotic and Cavassier dressed the way that I'm dressing, mm-hmm. walking up to the counter of the liquor store. Put the thing on the thing, and the guy's like, "Hello, how are you?" Like, yeah. I mean, it, the funny thing about early two thousands fashion is it's not it's not like kitsch. It's not there's no there's no camp involved in it. It just looks like you could still be wearing it now. Like if we went to an eighties party, everybody knows you're doing an eighties thing. Yeah, I was dressed like a dude who might just be going to enjoy a Saturday night. Well, like the the thing about that style specifically, yeah, and that, around that time, a lot of old heads like. Late forties, dressed like that, still. dressed like that, still. Yeah, like yes. it's like they don't, they're like they never left no. that era at all. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, right at that time, that's kind of like their prime area, the prime. Oh time yeah, man. <laughs> so oh, they're like, still drinking hypnotic and, yeah. and Hennessy combined. <laughs> you know, at, at forty six years old. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a style that came and went. You know, like yeah. the the hippie vest with the little uh, frillies at the bottom with the peace glasses. Like 70s. Yeah, like it came and went. Yeah. Nobody does it anymore. Yeah. At least maybe little bits and pieces, some pastels, and there's some elements. But like this style of clothes, wearing big clothes, there's still people that do it. Yes. So nobody, the guy didn't get it. And I wasn't expecting him to get it, and that's what made me mad. What, he asked you a question? No, no, he just, I just looked like a a shopper. And that's that's what made me like, I was like, this is like, this is, that's what made it truly embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a guy that gets embarrassed by anything. Yeah. But it was embarrassing because like the bit doesn't, doesn't land out of context. What? I just was some black dude buying hypnotic at a liquor store. You wanted some type of interaction or? Question? No, no. I just, I knew the, the lack of interaction was mm. the embarrassing where it just was like, hello, black man buying hypnotic. Like it was like this nothing. This is the way you dress. This is how you dress. It's Saturday. <laughs> You're going to enjoy your hypnotic and your uh, cognac yeah. uh, and whatever and go have a good time. It was like. It just, there was no joke in it. Mm. And that's the part where I was like, oh, I just, well, maybe if he I, just was black. I had my pant leg rolled up. Maybe if he was black, he probably, probably would catch on. To I it. think it might have been less of a thing. I don't even, so? I don't know. He would have been like, man. Think, I'm like, why are you? <laughs> why are you dressed yeah. like this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was a white dude. So he probably was just like, yeah, black people dress yeah. like this. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, hello. And would you like the Hennessy from behind me? Yeah. Or, you know, because, you know, they don't sell that on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Would you like the Hennessy? Uh, why would, people steal it? Very hot item. Yeah, man, I, you know. I don't know why they do it. I'm not here to. <laughs> I'm not. It's it's coveted. It's a very expensive uh, All right. alcohol, and that's why they keep it behind the shelves. You know, yeah. so you got to request it. But um, so if I would have gone and popped the hypnotic on the thing and been like, and also, can I get a Hennessy? I'm like, typical. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll of get course. you a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just was like there was no there was no bit in it mm. out of context. Got you. But thankfully, you know, I get on the road. JJ lives out 
out by DC. So I had to get, okay. it was an hour drive. Okay. So I'm listening to, getting Cruising. in the groove. I got my uh, early 2000s hip hop and R&B playlist playing. Oh my God. I'm getting in the right frame of mind. So you I'll, made a playlist. The, the, I didn't make the playlist. Oh, okay. I didn't have enough time. Yeah. If I had more time, I would have made you it my own. I would have curated my own playlist. But there are other people on Spotify have done that for me. Okay. And so I enjoyed somebody else's work. But I pull up to the party. And this was the part, again, I felt racist towards myself. So I pull up, reverse into the parking spot, because mm-hmm. that's the proper way to, you know, so you can make a dash. Yeah. If it should go sideways. Mm-hmm. So I parked the car. And then I had to put on my clothes because I had it in a, I put, I had it, I brought a book bag with me that I could put the alcohol in so I could make one trip. Gotcha. I had my personal beers and then the two bottles that I bought for the party, my sweatband and all that stuff in the book, in the book bag. Mm-hmm. So when I pull up and park, I'm like, okay, let me throw the velour jacket on, throw my chain on mm-hmm. it. But if a police officer rode by right now, I look like I'm going to go make a deal. Mm-hmm. Like I just, like th- there's no it's such a weird era. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not a parodyable era. Mm-hmm. I just look like when I got out of the car, I slung the book bag over my shoulder as I'm putting on my sweatband and, and my chain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like I'm in paid in full. Yeah. If you looked out your blinds and saw uh, this congregation of people going to this house, you'd be like, well, I don't know. I think, what the fuck should I call the police? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, there's no neon Mohawks and you know, uh, just fly, you know, bell bottoms, like yeah. stuff where you go, oh, it's a party, it's a party yeah. you know. It's a, but it's a costume party. So I go into the thing, and and it was laid out perfectly, man. They had Jamaican food. It was really fun. I had a really good time. And I'm in this, I'm in this kind of weird space in my life. Like we're in, I'm in this transition that we're selling the house. Like if I had to put my mood of life right now, it's the uh, the Will Smith. Of the last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where he's standing looking at the, <laughs> he's looking at the mansion, like, oh man, good time. Yeah, like that's that's the point in my life I'm at right mm-hmm. now. So it was, it felt good to just go somewhere, be loose, yeah, have some drinks. Everybody's dressed like an asshole, and just kick it with some friends and, and have fun. And and so it was fun in that regard. I had a really good time, and my outfit was a smashing success. It's good, and it was like, it was like seventy five percent people participated. Other, you know, some people too cool just yeah. showed up. You know, dress how they usually dress. Yeah. So, but seventy, but it was like seventy five percent of the people that came participated. So I had a really good time. Did shots of hypnotic, mm. you know, which is good. It tastes like juice, and I had fun, man. I'm just really in. A, I'm in a space where I'm, I'm looking. I'm I'm in a I'm in a space of looking for contentment and just to be satisfied and happy. And whatever space that I'm in, yeah, man, I, I was trying to do that on my birthday, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any names. Yeah, uh, we don't have to say names. We don't have yeah. to say names, but you know, this is why I don't. I, I only go to shit that I know is set up. Once you make a flyer for something, you can't back out. Yeah, but like non-concrete plans, I like to just make them myself, and then no, no matter what, I can just go do it. Yeah. by myself. Yeah, I don't like you know. But one one thing I will admit is one of my favorite things to do is to. Uh, make plans drunk that I know I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh yeah. man, for sure, man. We gonna go to the to the driving range. Yeah, yeah, we gonna take a trip to Mexico. Oh, it's gonna be fun. It's like I'm not doing any of this shit. Yeah. But it's so fun to just talk to go along confidently with. Yeah. with a group of people. Oh man, we all gotta go to Belize, man. Go to Ibiza. Is that gonna... what happened? No, but oh. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> I'm just saying in regards to th- that's not what happened with you. Yeah, yeah. but people just bailed out. But yeah. like at the time when you're talking to the people who bailed, mm-hmm. they were excited. That's yeah. the most fun part of making plans. It's yeah. that moment of like, 
yeah, and then Saturday night we're gonna go do this. Gonna be so fun. But then when Saturday comes, it's that's like, why I don't like ho- trying to be the host of anything. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to deal with that. I don't I want that that, that responsibility. It. It's, it's 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 a tough spot to be in to be a host, man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I had I had a really good time this weekend. It was really fun. I'm going um, when the, when this episode is recorded. I'm actually going to do a float. Okay. So I don't know if, if you're familiar with sensory deprivation tanks. No. It feels like you're just floating. Like you can't feel that you're in water. Oh shit. And then you're in the pitch black dark. Hmm. For like ninety, I'm doing where ninety you, minutes. Where you do that at? At a spa, they have like float spas. That's cool. Yeah, I just, I just am looking. Are you for, going alone? Yeah, That's you have, you're in there alone. That's dope. Yeah, I'm just going to go do something, pay for myself. Like yeah. I'm just going, I'm just looking for some enlightenment. I mean, I'm, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking for something. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to put too. That's some thing is like I, I, I overthink things, so I don't want to like put too much on it mm-hmm. that I'm going to have some kind of life changing experience. Mm-hmm. But I would like to. Even if it's just finding a sense of calm and peace for 90 minutes, just quiet yeah. my thoughts and just analyze, even if it's just that. But if it's something more, that would be cool, too. So I'm going to go do that. So I got some stuff like in the in in the works to just really, you know, pamper myself, find find my center and just, you know, get in a good space. Yeah. I did have a question. Oh, please. as far as the, how the night went. Yes. What was a song where you was like, oh, this is my this was my shit. Not oh. not one or two. I mean, like the song you was like, this is. Like when you left, you was like, "Damn, I forgot all about that song." Well, right there, mm-hmm. right there played, and I got into my the couple of little dances that I remember yeah. from that era. <laughs> yeah, um, and another song that played that really took me back. See, it was a, it was a lot of Jamaican because because she's Jamaican, so it was okay. a lot of Jamaican music. But Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I like I said, I, I think that I accomplished the look that I was going for. I did not have a heat stroke. Good. I danced, you know. I, I ate Jamaican food, and I yes, sweated my life away. Chicken up, up they had jerk chicken, uh-huh. uh, oxtail, rice and beans. Mm. Like it was this. It was it was a great spread. Banana pudding. Mm. Banana pudding. Banana pudding. Was it like mom's? It was. It was. It was fine. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. wasn't it wasn't my mom's. It wasn't mom's. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> it wasn't mom's. <laughs> no, it wasn't mom's. But it, it was. It was. It was adequate banana pudding. Oh, banana pudding is fine. Oh, man, it's crazy. I don't know what she does to it, man. I don't know. If she puts her foot in it. I don't know what the specialty is. That shit is. Fire. It doesn't just taste like everybody's banana pudding. <laughs> but yeah, they had a banana pudding slash Kanye glasses station where you could oh, get you, can, where you could get the banana pudding and, and also throw on the blinds. I don't understand though. I never Oh, I never would wear those. I, I wouldn't wear those. Those are so embarrassing to me. I wouldn't even wear those for a bit. And I've yeah. done things I'll I'll do anything for a laugh, <laughs> but not put on those goofy ass sunglasses. Yeah. Those I don't I don't understand. That's how fashion forward Kanye West was. That's the ability that mm. he has. Is that people still now. Oh, yeah, people putting those those goofy shoes with all the holes in them. Those them those, those space Crocs. I want them. So I want a pair. Oh, I you definitely do. want a bear. Ew, you hype beast. That's disgusting. <laughs> Ew, that's nasty, man. That's 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 like disgusting that you just told me that. <laughs> I thought I thought more of you. Uh, <laughs> um, last week we got into some uh, controversial opinions that we were did? funny. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about ketchup. Where ketchup goes? Yeah, not um, in the refrigerator. You know, that's your opinion. Okay. You're wrong, but it's your opinion. That's fine. Um, we talked about In and Out Burger. I had a lot of people approaching me, telling me, "No, you got to ask for the fries. Well done." Why would I need to make a request? <laughs> That's too much. Like what? They were like, "Yeah, you need to. You can ask for them. Well done, medium well. What? That's crazy. Why would the you like soggy fries? Yes, and that's whatever. And people contact me was like, "You're right, one thousand percent." Yes, you guys are a, 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 a small minority <laughs> and a bunch of weirdos. Anybody who hit you up is like a weird. Like that they were. No, you spoke not. to them that hard. They were like, 
He gets it. Yeah. Soggy fries. Are delicious. I love to put all my mi- all my uh, cookies in the milk and let it all dissolve and then eat it with a spoon. Yep. Like, and to scoop it. Oh, oh you're a sick fuck, man. <laughs> oh, I just gave that example because I think that's just something serial killers do. No. Oh, you're a sick fuck. So you just like everything soggy. Yeah. Ooh, soggy ooh, bottom so boy. People dip, dip just dip you it dip in there. Dip it and you bite it. No, you wait till it gets soft. You know the the cookies with the the, the uh, vanilla and the chocolate. Yeah, uh huh. You throw them throw them two in there. Let them sit. Put the spoon on top of it. Oh yeah, this is a so sick let them guy. sit in the milk. And then my you get a goodness. spoon and you. Sco- my goodness, you said <laughs> <laughs> this is a sick guy. Man. This is a sick fucking guy. That's how you do with the graham crackers. No, you just dip them, man. No, you, you know just dip them and you bite like, it. You know man. how graham crackers come do. in like you know uh, horizontal. Mm-hmm. You break them in half. Yeah, uh-huh. you get, like you get four of them. Break and them in half. You just toss the whole brick into the milk and put them in there until the stuff falls. Man. And then what? You you get it. You you grab it out before it breaks. Uh-huh. I mean you you don't even gotta you don't gotta use your teeth. Yeah, that it's <laughs> <laughs> very sexual. That's like crazy. You're like you're like orgasmic about it. But so delicious. Yeah, but you just dip a cookie in milk and you bite it. That's what you're saying, right? Is that what you're saying? No. No. Said, who does that? <laughs> Like 75% of the people. The I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody's going to contact you like, oh, I love to get a nice full glass of milk and pour a whole sleeve of Oreo cookies into the glass and then let it get dissolved and kind of mushy and become this yeah. almost milkshake type of thing. And then I eat that with a spoon. There's going to be people who contact you to tell you you're right. I didn't Those say people I are dangerous. I put the cook, cookie in the milk. You can't because when you put a cookie in the milk, it floats. So yeah, the uh-huh. top is not getting, it's not getting soft. <laughs> it's hard. So you got to push it down. Push it down, yeah. And then scoop it up. And scoop it up. Disgusting. That's crazy, bro. Um, I've I've gotten off track for what I was even talking about. We were talking about controversial opinions okay. opinions last week. <laughs> it led into uh, a wonderful. Um, uh, we had a T-shirt to give away. Thanks to Melissa from Moms and Murder. Shout out mm-hmm. to her. Uh, she bought two. She she bought two T-shirts and she said, "Hey, give the other one away." Yeah, you know, like or or she was like, "Give the other one away. Keep the money. I don't care." You know, and I just she just wanted to show support. And so I decided to combine the worlds and do a dinosaur drawing. T-shirt giveaway competition. Yeah, you could have told me. I was all late voting. I wanted to vote. I wanted to participate. <laughs> when think, I, you, I voted, and the answer was already yeah, determined. It's already, it's already <laughs> done, man. It's late. <laughs> it's, it's already a ready-made thing. The cake, the cake is done, bud. But uh, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Molly, Shelby, mm-hmm. Erica, Michelle, Logan, Katie, Carrie, Grace. Are these all the participants or these are all the participants, okay. yes. Uh Jesse from from Austin. Jesse, the awesome fun Jesse who got us those burritos. Oh, we, shout we, out. She, she came, what was hers? The, uh, you as a mailman mm, uh with the Pinocchio mailman. Yeah. She's I didn't even know she had this ability to do these. This, I, didn't, this, this. I didn't I didn't know any of them had the ability to do it. It blew my mind, man. It made me feel really bad because I'm not talented in this way at all. Yeah. But it is what it is. A shout out to Isis. And most important, not most, they're all important. It was all awesome. But the winner of the entire competition was Jessica. She drew a a a a, a, a raptor going to the beach mm-hmm. with soggy fries in hand. The caption said, These soggy fries need some icebox cats up, mm-hmm. which I thought that was a hilarious caption. The people spoke and then Got it down to the final two, and that was the one I ended up selecting. So congratulations to Jessica. Um, a T-shirt will be in the mail going to you. Um, I hope you enjoy that. Thank Let's you for every, to everybody taking the time out of their day to draw fucking dinosaurs. That was really cool. That you know, It was really cool to see people like, oh, let me get on this. I got some time. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Now, on to <laughs> crazy topics. Um, so you've seen the uh, Hood Milk Crate Olympics videos, right? Oh, 
hilarious. Taking the world by storm. Yes. Right? I don't know. And it's all fun and games and everything like that. But people have been asking some really important questions. Snoop Dogg's asked the question. Somebody put out, uh, there's been some hilarious tweets I've read. And the, the, the consensus of a lot of people is, you know, speaking of controversial opinions and, 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 uh, um, and conspiracies and those things that we talk about here, where the fuck are all these milk crates, crates coming yeah. from? And who built, the, who built the first pyramid? I don't know. But the milk crates, I had that same question. Like, what, who has all these milk crates? Who just has, like, 26 crates? Yeah. I thought the same you know, thing. they go from behind the back of a corner store and just steal the, where are the crates coming from? Not only that, who built the first one? It's like the ninth wonder of the world. They're like, did they just, did, did the, did the neighborhood just wake one of the, na- one neighborhood just wake up one day and there's just a pyramid. There's just this structure built in this park and they decided to start walking up. Who did, like the whole, who put this in place? Somebody yeah. on Twitter said the CIA dropped those crates off mm. and they're just trying to kill us slowly one by one. Mm. People breaking their spines. Breaking and, and oh, man, I didn't see some people take some mean falls. So funny. The videos are incredibly hilarious. Yes. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, so now it's going to every neighborhood all across the country. Everybody just has crates. Man, these challenges, man, it's, it's crazy how you see it. And it, it's all over the place. But why would you do that after seeing what the results could be? Maybe the money. Like that one lady won money. How much money is worth you almost breaking your neck? I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> okay, you said like the money. Like, well, I guess if you need it, but I'm not walking up fucking a, yeah, pyramid, a crate pyramid. But I'm saying that people, people, if there's a whole bunch of people and they bet like, oh, 20 or whatever. God, the, the she pot. Did it. You yeah, get the whole she, pot. Yeah, she did it. It was like, oh, y'all got to give me my money. Because <laughs> nobody was completing it. Yeah. And then they thought it was impossible. It. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting for people who haven't seen the Milk Crate Olympics videos. They're the Milk Crate Olympics. That's hilarious. yeah, they're highly entertaining. Yes, but my question is, you know, where the fuck are all these milk all these milk crates coming from? Uh-huh. The milk crate industry is about to be on fire. I might buy some stock in milk crates. I don't know who the milk crate maker is, like what company that is, but it might be time to invest in some uh, <laughs> buy some shares. Yeah. of milk crate. Um, on a serious note, before we get to the shout outs, uh, prayers to all the people and soldiers and nine elevens right around the corner. Um, what's happening in Afghanistan is absolutely insane. Um, there are people who who just left Afghanistan as soldiers who were children when their parents went to Afghanistan the first time. Mm-hmm. That's how long this war has been happening, and the U.S. has just pulled out. Mm-hmm. People died. People were brought home in boxes. All this tragic shit happened, and now the Taliban is in control of the country in one day. Waited. Huh? They just waited. Yeah. It, I mean, it really it was like 20 years. And really, the real answer is a bunch of people and corporations made billions and trillions of dollars and milked that country for everything they could. And then once they couldn't milk it for any more, they deserted the country. And there's all kind of people who have been helping American soldiers and, you know, trying to defeat the Taliban as an Afghani, as an Af- Af- Afghan native. And now they're they're their backup just left them yeah. and deserted them. And now they, oh, that video, like the plane was taken off. The last plane was taken off and yeah. people were on the plane. Yeah. You know? So I just really want people to really understand. Like when you, when people, we use this word refugee here, like very, very flippantly. Like when you talk about Mexican people crossing the border and things like that, you need to really think about what somebody's trying to get away from that. They would try to walk across a desert to get somewhere safe or ride a plane. Yeah. On the, on the outside of the plane. Yeah. And fall. People fell off the fucking plane while it was in the sky. It was one of the most terrible things I've ever seen. So when you talk about somebody being a refugee, you really need to put it in the context of like what is happening where they are. As opposed to like, well, I mean, what are they going to come here and want to eat the food that I want to eat? 
that's less bread for me on the you know like that instead of that you need to, we need to be really that's thinking the wrong mindset. yes like yeah, these people are trying to these people are trying to escape death man yeah. i read an article about there's like this secret gay community in afghanistan and they're they're ter- they're like they're going to kill us cuz that's that's like a death a a, a a crime worthy of the death penalty to the to the taliban mm. so they're stuck there no no backup trapped cuz you can't fly out of there now they're like nobody everybody's recommending not fly like they, they you can you can't get out mm. so now there's no like opposition to yeah. that and now the pe- women you know and my my biggest concern is I'm again I'm not trying to you know you know pass around conspiracies but now they're going to do all this just to gear back up and go back to war there and then start the machine back up start you know making trucks and making guns and that's how you start printing money again for these companies it's like well we can't let women not be able to vote and gay people get killed and all of these things are true yeah but these are the things 20 years ago it was they took down the towers. Mm-hmm. They we, we we can't let them. They killed American yeah. citizens. Like we have to go. And now it's going to be, well, what about? Oh, uh, you know, we want people to be free and democracy. And gay people are in trouble. And women are in trouble. We can't let this stand. So we got to go back to war. You know, like that's what's coming. Yeah, that's like as, as plain as day on the wall. And I'm not saying I'm opposed to that because all of those. I believe all of those things are true. If you're gay, you should be able to be gay and be in the streets and be free. If you're a woman, you should be allowed to vote and live your life and date who you want to and divorce somebody and whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. But it all just feels like a calculated way to pull at people's heartstrings so they go, well, you got to go back. Again, this is not a geopolitics uh, podcast. I just really thought that the whole thing was so tragic. And I can't imagine the, the state of mind of a soldier who has PTSD, gets no help or real benefits from the country that sent them to war over a lie. And then you see on the news one day, oh, yeah, we left and they we gave up all, whatever footing we had there. We gave it up. Mm. So 20 years of people dying and, you know, killing children and all the horrible things that have happened over there. And it, it's over now and not just over, like over, like we we lost, like we just gave up. We quit. And mm. so you were there for nothing. Yeah. So I just can't imagine what that's like, man, because as we've said here a thousand times, I would never. They'd have to do a draft to get me to go. I, I would never sign up to do that that job. I respect anybody who would sign up to defend this country, and I respect them. And I can't imagine what they could be feeling. Can they do that? A draft? Can they do that again? I don't. I don't put anything past what the government can and can't do, man. <laughs> Possibly. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. I'll do the time. I'll be like oh, I'm Muhammad Ali. Oh yes. Yeah, I'll fucking go eat a peanut butter sandwich and uh, make uh, <laughs> ramen noodle cakes and shit. I, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, that's no problem for me. But um. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, no, um, you know, just just prayers and, and, and um, kind blessings and um, mental mental uh, stability to anybody who is uh, attached to that in any kind of way, even if you're the family member of people that served. I mean, that's I can't imagine what that's like to see that on the news. So yeah. um, but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into these shout outs before we get in, uh, we uh, take a quick break. And this week, once again, we got we got us a quick little list. We got you know, but hey, man, everybody's incredibly important. Shout out to everybody who's on the Patreon currently. Shout out to everybody who's joining the Patreon. We appreciate you guys very much. Also, shirts on sale right now. I don't know anything about how to build an online store. So at the current moment, you got to DM us, give us your information, and then send us a Venmo payment. That's how we are doing that currently. If you know anything about online stores and how to set that shit up, that would be really cool because that way I don't have to – you can just go and click it until it says sold out. That would be – ideally, I would love that to be mm-hmm. the situation. 
but it's not currently. So if you are interested in getting a shirt, just DM us on Patreon or on Instagram, or you can DM me on Facebook, and I'll give you the details of the Venmo. Um, I've posted, I've put up several posts that have all the information on there as far as sizes and all that shit. I don't know anything about size charts, but I'm just saying we have men's sizes and women's sizes. That's what we have. A couple of colors. So if you're interested in that. Feel free to hit us up, you know, and we'll get you guys. Why uh, you let them know when it's sold out? If people sending you, well, I'm saying, like, you know, I don't have an online store. I know there is no sold out as of right now because I just take the orders, and once I'm done taking orders, I go fulfill the oh, order. Oh, okay, so but if, just, I say, I, I, if I say I'm gonna do, gotcha. I'm gonna try to sell sixty shirts in a month. Yeah. Then on an online store, you go. We have sixty in sure. stock. Gotcha. So once okay, yeah, 50, yeah. once sixty sells, it'll say you can't you buy stop. anymore. Yeah. 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 So. Um, if anybody has any information on that, please hit us up. We would love to, you know, uh, uh, progress and grow grow this uh, operation here. Uh, but anyway, up first, we got Tracy R. Shout out to Tracy R. Much love and appreciation. You're an incredible person and a true serial killer. Uh, up next, we got Maria C. Shout out to Maria C. Much love. Again, I can't tell if that's a bunny rabbit or a dog. I think, I don't know. Uh, up next, we got, yeah, I can't tell. It's a German Shepherd? Right there. I don't know. Like a dog. Yeah, it looks like a dog. I really, again, this is the same thing happened last week. I really hope that it's not your, you. I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, up next, we got Danny Phantom. Um, great show. Yes. Speaking of early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> taking it back there, you yep. know. Uh, so shout out to Danny Phantom. Shout out to you. Uh, thank you for signing up for the Patreon. Much love and appreciation. And lastly, we got Megan A. Shout out to Megan A. So that's the thing. I don't know. Sometimes I think that if it's M-E-A, that's Megan. But then mm. if it's M-E, that's Megan. But I don't know if that's a regional hmm. dialect thing that I'm doing or if it anything can be Megan or Megan. Yeah. Like it just is Megan or it just is Megan, not because of the spelling. Mm-hmm. But I know some people do M-E-A-G-A-N. Some people do M-E-A-G-H-A-N. But I don't know if it's all Megan. Sounds complicated. Very complicated for such a like a like a simple name. Yeah. It's like doesn't need to be that complicated. And I like that Megan's parents just went M-E-G-A-N the way the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Meg. So shout out to you, Meg, and much love and appreciation. And much love and appreciation to everybody on the Patreon. Much love and appreciation to everybody who listens to this fucking podcast. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we have the craziest thoughts sometimes. Some of us don't believe in dinosaurs. Some of us put all the cookies in the fucking milk and then scoop it out like a fucking yeah. animal. That's insane. Um, and some of us, like reasonable people, believe that the ketchup belongs in the refrigerator. And, you know, but, you know, we're all one big happy family. And, <laughs> and you, all, you guys are all appreciated. And we, and we are very thankful to the people who support this podcast and the community that we've built, man. It really is cool. I think about that sometimes. Like this little, sometimes I go check in on the Facebook group and I just see there's like things have been in the in the works for like hours. People have been having conversations. Like there's just things just happening there. Yeah. And we just aren't involved. Yeah. I just think that that's so that's cool. I think yeah. that that's so cool that these, these little worlds are built mm-hmm. and then you just kind of come check in, make sure nobody's saying racist shit or, you know, like <laughs> being a sexist or threatening to kill anybody. I just come in. It's like, it's like you just come and check on the kids in the yeah, playroom. Yeah. It's like nobody's bleeding or anything like that. Yeah. Cool. Continue. Continue having your dialogue and your conversations. And I think that that's Do you have awesome. like report notifications and stuff like that? No, no, I don't know. Every once in a while, again, I just get like a message like you need to get over here. Something's <laughs> happening. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, well let me go see. And it's like, it's, that meme of Donald Glover walking into the house and everything's on fire yeah. and people are rolling around the ground. But that's rare. <laughs> it's only been like two times that that's ever happened. Mm. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll get messages from people and I'll go see and I'll be like, oh, that's fine. And okay. then by the end of the thread, you're like, they worked it out. It's fine. Yeah. But some people get panicky. Like adults? 
Like adults, exactly. <laughs> you, you know some friend? You think that's a simple concept, but in 2021, it's not. Some people yeah. are like, no, no, no. They don't get to finish working out the conversation. Shut it down now, and it's over. I don't <laughs> like how it's making me feel. I'm not even involved in it. I don't like what they're saying, so, I, so shut it down. Yeah. They don't get to finish and work it out and maybe come to a mutual conclusion at the end of things. Sometimes you just got to, hey, man, sometimes you just got to see it through, my boy. Yep. Got to see it through, my boy. Sometimes that's just how it's got to go down, you know, and, and and that's what I try to foster. But then when shit gets too far, that's when I just go, hey, man, I'm going to cut the comments off on this and just you guys, you guys go ahead and go your separate ways and just have a nice day. OK, mm. but that's rare. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that because I believe in I think a safe space or a true safe space is where ideas can be fostered and people can, you know, agree or disagree and peacefully and not take it personally or not try to get slam dunks on people. A true safe space is where you can really. Be ignorant mm -hmm. in the most innocent way yeah. and come out enlightened. Yep. I think that's the most safe, the most safe space. I understand yeah. that in that that's a dangerous game because there's a lot of ignorant people out here. Yep. And even if it's like innocent ignorance, it, it, it sometimes is so ignorant that it's, it's hurtful. Mm. Now that, that just means it's more work to enlighten them. And, but if they're open to the enlightenment, I don't think that they should just be shut out to the world. If you're just blissfully ignorant, like, man, fuck that, man. I don't know. Jewish people, this, black people, that. That's just how I think. And it's like, well, what if I told you this? And you go, no, nah, fuck that. I still think how I think. That's like different. you with dinosaurs. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, you, if you are that kind of ignorant, then that's not good. And especially if you're, the words you're saying are dangerous and hurtful to people, then I got to come and put a stop to it. But if you're just ignorant and then by the end of the thing, you go like, oh, shit, wow, I didn't even... I didn't even think about it that way. Thank yeah. you for that. Then I'm like, that's beautiful. That's safe space. So that's the thing I'm trying to foster. And as we continue to grow, mm -hmm. that's where it gets hard because you get more ignorance yeah. and the ignorant voices get louder. And then it's more of a, like a, it's harder to, it's harder to quiet a hundred people that are all on the side of ignorance than like three people who are like, I think this. And then it's like 700 people going, no, no, you're wrong. Yeah. But when it gets to be like 700 to 300, like this whole uh, uh, dinosaur thing or this ketchup thing or the soggy fries thing. Yeah. You and your whole gang mm -hmm. of the things you guys <laughs> believe, which is very strong and very. What, know, soggy fries? Yeah, it's crazy, man. But also the people that uh, that like soggy fries yeah. don't believe in dinosaurs and think the ketchup goes in the in the cabinet. Was and anybody on my side with dinosaurs? Oh, no. No. It, probably, yeah. I mean, the, the people it's that okay. message you it's about okay the fries. If, if, if people didn't want to speak up. They're the silent majority, bro. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you got, you're building your own little situation. You guys <laughs> are going to come out of the woodworks one of these days and be like, yeah, we're here. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah you just got holding ketchup in your hand. The ketchup's 80 degrees. Yes. Like, How you know, it's supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned, bro. I really think that at some point you might, you, you have cult leader-like uh, charisma. And you've been revealing some of your dangerous thoughts about, you know, the history of the world. Yeah. And people are starting to follow you willingly. And I'm concerned what you might do with that power one day. People just opening their mind. That's oh, all. wow. Oh, that was dark what you just said. Yeah. That was very cultish what you just said. <laughs> oh, people opening their minds yeah. to dinosaurs not existing. And not just that. Fries. I'm just saying just, just other just things you like, believe in. Hmm, like, maybe I should um, look into that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, for sure. You sound super <laughs> not dangerous at all. <laughs> so, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I think it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. Yep. So stick around.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, and we are back. Fran, my story this week is a is a short story, but I just found it interesting. I had never heard of it before, mm-hmm. and it's not really per se a true crime story, but it's still an interesting story. Okay. Um my affirmative murder-ish kind of stuff. I wouldn't it's not even really it's it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. My story this week is about the unsinkable woman. My sources are Encyclopedia Titanica and an article from museumhack.com written by Kayla Mahoney. <clears throat> Violet Constance Jessup was born in Argentina in 1887. Violet's reputation for beating the odds started at a very early age. She was one of six surviving children born to her Irish immigrant parents out of a total of nine. So they lost three children. The icy hand of death came for Jessup at an early age, inflicting her with a case of tuberculosis that was supposed to kill her. But fate had other plans and she survived. And back then, tuberculosis was... A death sentence. Mm. One of my favorite movies, personally, uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, Nicole Kidman's character, Satine. <sighs> Such a great movie. Uh, she suffered from tuberculosis throughout the whole film, and she passes away at the end. But it's still a beautiful love story. Christian, Satine. Anyway, um, <clears throat> when her father died in Mendoza, I think that's a, uh, like, a, like a city in South America, the family returned to Britain, and her mother found a job as a stewardess for the Royal Main Line, which is like a like a ship, like a cruise ship. Okay. Um, while Violet attended a covent school, so like a religious kind of, I think that's where nuns go, but I could be wrong. And a, a and I said covent convent, my bad, a convent school. At the age of twenty three, Violet Jessup decided to follow in her mother's footsteps and become a stewardess with the famed White Star Line, which is another like cruise ship cruise ship line. Yeah. In 1910, Violet got a job aboard the RMS Olympic. Everything seemed to be going swimmingly (laughs) until the Olympic crashed into the HMS Hawk, a British warship. So they collided in the water. Neither ship. I mean, they're very slow. It's very, you know, something a ship crash probably is the most anticlimactic. Because, like, you see it happening yeah. from a there's mile so, away. There's so much space. But, but ships can't make maneuvers that well, especially really big ships. So if you guys get on a course with each other and you don't realize it, hitting, you know, you can't just, like, turn left. Too late, yeah. It's like you got to swing the time. whole ship. The ass end swings around. Like, it, if you guys get caught in the same trajectory, it's hard to, like, navigate. And, mm-hmm. like, if you guys aren't on the same page which you wouldn't be. You got to really read what they're doing yeah. and, and do the opposite. Yeah. So, I, you know, I get it. Neither ship sank, and both were able to make it back to the port with their lives intact. Mm, that's good. But it was still a harrowing experience that you'd assume would put anyone off of wanting to work on a big ship ever again. Right, Fran? Yeah. But in the case of Violet, you'd be very much assuming wrong. 
So uh, when the RMS Titanic needed a stewardess, Violet Jessup said, yes, please sign me up. Hmm. In her memoirs, she says that on the Titanic's maiden voyage, she bought a copy of a translated Hebrew prayer that an old Irish woman had given her. Upon settling down in her bunk, she found that the prayer, she found that prayer and read it. Then made her roommate, who was probably stewardess Elizabeth Leather, read it as well. It was a strangely worded prayer that Violet said was supposed to protect her against fire and water, which you know, people believe what they believe. I don't know. You know, yeah. they're just words. Uh, <laughs> uh, Violet was a devout Catholic who carried a rosary uh, in her apron and believed strongly in the power of prayer. Violet wrote that she was comfortably drowsy in her bunk, but not quite asleep when the collision occurred. And couldn't you imagine like what that felt like, what that sounded like? You're in the middle of the ocean. It's nighttime. You're drifting off to sleep, counting sheep in your head. You know, like, like, or like not even not, you're not there yet. Cause you're not asleep, but you're like starting to see stuff. You're starting to like see the dream manifesting and you're yeah. behind your eyelids and you just, you're like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> grinding metal. And yeah. the, you, the ship is like, you, you're thrown out of your bed and sounds that you shouldn't be hearing in the middle of the ocean at night. Right. You know, like that has to be fucking terrifying. Uh, one of the quotes from her memoir is I was ordered up. I was ordered up on deck calmly passengers strolled about. I stood at the bulkhead with the other stewardesses watching the women cling to their husbands before being put into boats with their children. Mm. Sometime after a ship's officer ordered us into a boat first to show women it was safe. So basically they were, they were used as, I mean, it's a free ticket off the boat. So like whatever, I'm not going to complain, but they were used. There were women who were apprehensive about getting on this boat. So they used the stewardesses to be like, see, they're getting on the boat. I'll take a place. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But there, I would rather risk. I don't know. I have never. I wouldn't. I'm not going to speak for those people. But if the ship, they're telling me like this ship's going down. It's going down. I'm getting. I'm off. getting in this little boat. Yes. I'm getting in this little boat. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, I understand. It's it's a. This is the uh, the early 19th century. Technology's new. People don't understand boats. Like also, it's a lot of like wealthy people. So what do you mean? Understand boat? You're on a ship. Yeah, but like, how hard is that to understand than a smaller boat? Well, a smaller boat is like 20 people on the boat. You know, it's like. I'm getting on that boat. I don't oh, I'm know. Getting on, I'm just, I don't want to like be like, what an idiot. Get on the boat. Why do you need somebody to like show you that it's safe? But we're also talking about human beings where they used to have elevator operators on elevators mm -hmm. to make people comfortable with riding elevators, but they didn't do anything. Didn't know that. Yeah, they just, there was, it was just a guy. It'd be like you in the elevator. Just standing there. Yeah. Just standing Hit there. The button for you. And yeah, but they think, oh, if something goes wrong, this guy can't help us. And he can't. But the illusion helps you. That's also how uh, flight attendants came about. It's a trick. Mm. And now they give you Cokes. Doesn't trick me. When, yeah. At this point, we all going down. Yeah. Nobody's. Yeah, there's nobody here to see. Nobody can save you. Nobody. But there's people foolish enough, or not even foolish, just need that, that little it's a lie. Thing. It's I a get it. Yeah, it's just that little lie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man, okay, there's somebody here that knows more than me yeah. and knows what to do in this scenario. Yeah. So as the boat was being lowered, the officers the officer called to Violet and said, "Here, look after this baby," and threw a baby into her lap. <laughs> that's that's the type of that's what time it was though, bro. That's crazy. It's like I couldn't imagine cuz you've been on cruise ships, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're out there, it's nothing safe. It, there's nothing. Like one of the scariest things about a cruise ship to me. Wait, we've been on a cruise ship. 
Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> it's been so long, bro. I've yeah, lived such an no illustrious life and just oh, done so many crazy things. I, it's been sure. 17 seems like so long ago. Sure, you know that song, 17. I don't know. Right. Um, but it seems so long ago. But yes, we were on a cruise ship together. Mm-hmm. I know you went on a cruise ship with other people. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was. I was. I forgot. Yes, we also did yes. cruise ship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the scariest things about a cruise ship for anybody who's never done it is when you go up on the main deck at night, when you guys are like a day into the trip, when there's no land mass anywhere, and you just look out in front of your face, and there's nothing. Nothing. It's just pitch black darkness. Yeah. Other than the light of the ship, there's you're in the middle of nothing. So I couldn't imagine them being like, okay, guys, the ship's going down. And There's nothing. And so we miles. have some lanterns on each ship. But once that ship goes, the big, light, bright ship, you're in the pitch black dark yeah. in the middle of the freezing cold. It was like the wintertime. Yes. In the middle of the freezing cold ocean in the dark. In the dark. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And so, yeah, people are trying to save their babies. They had this women and children rule, which I respect. But, shit, if I'm a man, it's like... I, do I need to shave my? I'm trying to figure out how to. How am I getting in here? How do I find my way? Yeah. On this, on a cruise ship, I think um, the ship sinking is not my, not what I'm scared of. What? I think it's pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I need you to. I need you to. Ex, I need you to go ver- further into that. What? 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 Why? Okay. Wait. Okay. So you're on a carnival cruise. Yeah. To Wherever. Jamaica. Yeah. And if the cruise ship is going down, mm-hmm. the ship going down is the afterthought. Your concern is being out in the ocean and pirates coming and along? being robbed, yeah. <laughs> like being robbed on your individual uh, life raft boat? No, I'm talking about they come and like, take over the ship. But the ship's going down. I'm t- No, I'm not talking about... I'm saying... Two two different situations. I mean, okay. Oh, okay. A ship crashing oh, is not oh, what I'm scared you. of. I got you. I thought you were saying like no, in the no, no, midst no. of the ship cr- no. sinking, you're like, <laughs> man. I mean, I, we got lifeboats, so we're good. But like the pirates might come, and we're just out here stranded. No, no. no. You're saying you you're more concerned about pirates coming to take over a Royal Caribbean cruise yeah. ship than the cruise ship sinking. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah, that's also look. See the see the world that you're building, and there's <laughs> some people listening. Like, right? That's what I'm. Everybody talks about. Sinking all the time, the pirates. Yeah, but I mean, like that image of like you being in an open ocean, just going nothing. Yeah. Right, but somebody's like looking with like a telescope. Yeah, but like you're not away. going to a, you're not going on a cruise to go see Somalia or where where pirates are. So still, like you're going to the Grand Caymans. I don't think there's pirates there. How you know? Because we've been in that. We we didn't see any pirates. They maybe was just like, nah, uh, not not that <laughs> one. That's a carnival. That. That's a carnival cruise. Only only poor people will ride that. <laughs> Call, call me when it's a, a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Yeah, that's probably what it was. You, you, I'll tell you like this: if if you ever want to make sure you avoid pirates uh, stealing your cruise ship, carnival, you ride, ride yeah. Carnival. Yeah, make sure you ride Carnival. They won't bother us. That's Brook Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brook Boy Cruise Line. <laughs> so, so we were on Car- we we're on Carnival, so we didn't have anything to worry about. We were good. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh man. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh. Is it? Carnival Cruise though is that yeah, what, Carnival? Is that? It's not the top of the line. It ain't all by far. No. Oh, I know that for sure. Yeah, but yeah, no Carnival. People see Carnival. I'm, if I was a pirate and I knew about cruise ships, if I saw Carnival, I'd be like, they probably work pretty hard to be on a cruise right now. They they used <laughs> all the money to. I doubt it. They used all the money to get on the and to coupons, do the cruise. Yeah, yeah like, they probably got a, a bag full of coupons. Yeah, they don't have like <laughs> liquid cash. There's nobody like with oh my diamonds, my diamonds. Don't steal my diamonds. Yeah. Like you're not gonna. Those people aren't on Carnival. Maybe that's why we didn't run into any pirates. Exactly. Yeah, people on Carnival Cruise is like, what are you gonna steal uh my all my woven bracelets that I made? Yeah, man. I'm just I'm just saying. 
You are just saying. And that was an interesting <laughs> thing you just said. <laughs> pirates. Yeah, pirates, man. I get it, man. Because I'm scared of pirates, too. I saw Captain just, Phillips. They just roll up on you? Yeah, I saw Captain Phillips. I get it. But imagine you, can, you, you hit gunshots. And yeah. you look out and you see, like, boats around. Pirate little, ship? Yeah. Not a pirate ship. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know not a pirate <laughs> ship. Like a ship with pirates. I know not, like, a boat with, like, a flag from yeah. it. Yeah, I know that. But it is a pirate ship still. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would be scared. They're shooting AK-47s at you and stuff. Yeah. No, pirates are terrifying. They're not swashbuckling with the hats and, oh, me mateys. No, they're straight up like terrorists. I know what I mean <laughs> yeah, by pirate. Like, I wasn't thinking somebody with like a wooden leg. I know. An <laughs> I know. I know. That. I know. <laughs> but that's the imagery when I hear pirates. It's like... It's just fun. That's the first. I don't know place. what other. I don't know what what name do they give them other than pirates. Boat robbers. I know it's not like. Oh, it's, okay. It's, boat it's, it's just takes more time to oh, okay. describe yeah. a pirate pirates. than just say pirate. You just see a big wooden boat. I go, what the fuck is? Yeah. <laughs> they start shooting cannonballs at you. No, that's like I. That's first of all, they would never is catch this you. a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Am I awake? Start pinching yourself. Like what the fuck is that? Is that a? Is that an old wooden ship? You know, <laughs> it's like crazy. They're never going to catch this. This has engines on it. Right. They're using wind. They're trying to, they're like adjusting the sails to try to catch us. This is impossible. Oh, man. But when those cannons go through your uh, suite, it's a whole different yeah. problem. You know? <laughs> then it's not funny anymore. Then you stop laughing at the pirates. Yeah, man. Then you take them serious. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so uh, back to the boat. Violet's being lowered down into the water. She now, has a, she now has a baby that she's clutching. And after eight hours in the boat, these like the, the lifeboat, Violet and the others were picked up by the Carpathia, a, a, a boat that was passing in the night. Uh, another uh, uh, excerpt from her memoir is, I was still clutching the baby against my hard cork life belt I was wearing when a woman leaped at me and grabbed the baby hmm. and then rushed off with it. It appeared okay. that she had put it down on the deck of the Titanic when, it was, uh, when they were getting ready to get on the lifeboats and she went to fetch something. And when she came back, the baby had, had been taken away and then she said i was too frozen and numb to think that it was strange mm. that this woman had not stopped to say thank you which again it's like I, I like that she reflected on that after she like survived this horrible thing she's like could have fucking said thank you for saving your fucking baby yeah just snatched it and was left mm. but it's a fucking crazy shit going on i don't know i might not have i might forget my manners in that moment was this the lady that was in the titanic movie at the end no that's not real. That's not real? No, none of that's real. About the lady in the heart of the sea and uh, the aunt, the grandmother. <laughs> Jack is not real. And none I, of those, that's not like a, a real story. The Titanic is the only real thing about the Titanic. N none of the stories. I mean, real. I'm sure people fell in love on the Titanic, but it's not like some like but legendary no, woman named Rose but who nobody, survived. There was no, it was no person that, that survived and was like. She survived. Violet survived. Other people survived. People survived. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. But there, wasn't somebody in the movie though at the end? That like, was just an old woman. And she wasn't. Uh, no, <laughs> she's a liar. That's an actress. <laughs> but, but no, Rose is not real. Man, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great movie. Jack isn't. No, the movie's good. Oh. But mostly the boat, the boat stuff is mostly what I like. Hmm. But Shout out to Leonardo. Yo, that's always shout out to Leo, man. Yeah. That dude's a fucking boss, guy, man. He's fucking great in movies. I'm upset. That, was, that wasn't that was the real lady. She wasn't. Uh, you thought uh, that that woman was like uh, an Easter egg. Like, oh, she, she actually like survived. She's like 101. <laughs> she does the story. So you thought it was like a biopic type of thing, the movie? Yeah, Titanic. Yeah, I thought it was like I thought it was a real deal. Okay, yeah. No. I thought that lady was like a real person. Yeah, like they 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 were like they were like added her in to make the authenticity really come to life. Like she she really survived. Yeah. No, I was she, just some lady that was old as fuck. That's bullshit. <laughs> so this did is that the, change things for you about the Titanic? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, man. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to break. <laughs> My bad, man. Really, he was so dejected. He's can't believe it's fucking. <laughs> I'm upset, man. So I can't believe this, man. <laughs> I can't believe anything. <laughs> I thought it was based on a true story. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so hurt. Can't fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> She's not even really. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So now they they get saved by this boat that was passing in the night. Mm. Uh, the, the baby's safe. Violet's safe. And then somehow after sur- after surviving near a near sinking of one ship and a very full sinking of another ship, Violet took on a job on yet another ship. The after H- this, after the Titanic sunk and she survived it, she was like. You know, hey man, elephants drink water. Am I right? You know. So was the whole uh, shortcut thing? That's that's false too. Shortcut? Like the shortcut? They took a shortcut. That's false. Are you? What are you talking about in the movie? Yeah. (laughs) The Titanic. (laughs) That's not true. I think all the and I could be wrong. I think all the boat stuff, like how it sank and. But they took an alternate route. Than they were supposed to. Oh, that I don't know. That I don't know. Oh. But possibly, I would not be surprised if that's how the Titanic sank. Mm. Like it was some some person being like, "We can cut two hours off this yeah this trip." That might have. That's probably was true. Mm. But no, Jack and Rose and paint me like one of your friends. All that shit is bullshit. Yeah, I'm not saying that shit wasn't going down on the ship because it's a cruise ship. People were yeah. fucking. But I'm just saying, like Jack and Rose is bullshit. Great movie. Great movie. Great I movie. Like All timer man. It's a great movie. James Cameron man. Yeah. Great movie. All time movie, Leo, Kate Wins- Kate Winslet, Billy Zane, <laughs> everybody's great in the movie. But that old lady is just some old actress. <laughs> Can't believe it. Just some old bird man that they were like, hey, can you say this? And, and she like, and she agreed to do it. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> to act. Yeah, you, she participated in that lie. The we way you discuss. Yeah, if I ever saw her, <laughs> she's long. Dead, you disgust. <laughs> you spit on her. <laughs> You call yourself Rose? <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Just like, I was, in, I was in a fucking Life Alert commercial. I'm an actress. Why are you mad at me? I just wasn't. I just wasn't. I'm just an actress. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. He's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, man. No, that wouldn't go well at all. <laughs> no, but she's mad dead, though. So it's cool. She's super dead. How you know? Cause that movie came on like 1997, and she was like 90. How old is that movie? Like that's like a 30 year old movie now, man. The lady's dead as fuck, man. She's like 120 years old. You can't be holding this grudge against this lady. She lived a full life, man. That movie is that old? Yeah, man. It came on 97, man. Fucking, we're old as shit, man. Like movies are not old now. Leo was hella yeah, young. In that movie. He was a baby in that, man. Oh man, that movie's almost like 30 years old, man. You mad? At I'm lady. thinking like it came out in 2005. <laughs> You gotta pay attention to shit. (laughs) Just saw that shit like last week. You just saw the Titanic, man. You need to watch film, man. It's so it teaches you. It's so good to learn this creative process. You like just saw this legendary movie like six years ago. (laughs) When did it come out? It came out like ninety seven, man. Oh shit! What's wrong with you, man? Just saw it. You're like, man, you know, what's this Titan? Let me check this out. What is this? It's like 2017. You're like, you know what I saw? <laughs> you know what I saw oh, last shit. night? You ever heard of, ever heard of Titanic? It was good. It was like Leo was youngish. Like people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? It's like, it's like 
2019. <laughs> oh, oh man, it's like 30 years old, man. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Violet, yes. Yeah, so she signed up to once again go on another cruise ship, the HMHS Britannic. And which sounds too much like Titanic. I'll be like, no, I'm not getting on that. Britannic? Britannic. Oh, Britannic. Yeah. Right. Um, so so what happened was, uh, so the Britannic was another white star liner. So it was the same company that she had worked for. So, you know, she just stayed in the in the industry. Yeah. So what happened was this ship was a white star liner that had been converted into a hospital ship during the world during World War One. Mm. Violet served as a nurse with the British Red Cross during during World War One. And was on board, so that's where she got stationed. Was on board the Britannic, so she it wasn't really like it wasn't really like she volunteered to be a a a, a, um, a, a, a ship stewardess again. Yeah, she volunteered to help her country, mm. and they made her a warship nurse. So the vessel hadn't even been in the water for fifty five minutes when, in nineteen sixteen, the ship sunk when an unexplained explosion, or the curse of Violet Jessup. Sank the ship, killing thirty out of the one thousand sixty six passengers, which Damn. is a it's a that's a good ratio. Yeah, but still thirty people fucking died. Like was it was say, it was, was a risky thing that happened. I was about to say it's probably her. Once again, Violet Jessup survived. She Crazy. was twenty nine years old. These three monumental events took place over the span of just six years. She almost she 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 crashed into one ship that didn't sink. She survived the Titanic. And then she survived this ship, the Britannic, just blowing up randomly in the middle of World War One and sinking and killing 30 people. And she walked away from all of the, you know, reasonably unscathed. She survived all three of them. So you would think like, third time's the fucking charm. I'm done. Yeah. You'd be wrong again. Violet Jessup went on to work on large ships for another 34 years. It was her Reti- calling, man. Yeah, she just loved the sea. Uh, she retired at the age of 63 years old. And then in 1971, at the age of 84, Violet Jessup died. Uh, dirt bike crash. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm about to say. <laughs> she went through all that. To, <laughs> to die on a motorcycle. Wow. That'd be wild. That's one of the things where you like, when you, uh, when you die, you mm-hmm. were like, this is how the fuck yeah, I like go. Like this? Yeah, this yeah, some yeah. bullshit. No, for sure. It's like, <laughs> I was supposed to just be in bed or something, you know? 84? That's how she died. She died of um, mm-hmm. bron- bron- a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, she on a bike. <laughs> uh, she died of bronco pneumonia at 84 years old. So lived mm-hmm. a long, full life, probably surrounded by family, and she passed away. Um, but yeah, uh, this this movie, I mean, this this her life, which is like a movie, It it felt like, to me, this felt very Final Destination-ish. Yeah. I would have took the sign. Like, it just feels like death kept coming for her. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, ship ac- a ship accident. It could be a movie, though. Huh? This be, could be a movie. Great title. It could be a movie. Um, they could do, like, a Forrest Gump type of thing where it's just like the, wonder- the wondrous life of Violet, Violet Myers. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, you know, surviving all these ship crashes and being a nun or whatever, going to a religious school and... Oh, yeah, it would be her life. Her life is very interesting, Violet Myers. And yes, they call her the unsinkable woman. She survived the Titanic and then survived another ship that sunk in World War One. Yeah. So she's kind of a wonder. That's crazy. But again, it's not really a true crime story. Like, it's just something that, that I found interesting I wanted to talk about. And um, like I said, my sources were um, Encyclopedia Titanica and an article from museumhack.com written mm-hmm. by Kayla Mahoney. So shout out to her. 
And uh, yeah, I just thought that was a fun story. It, it led it led to some funny things. And um, yeah, uh, I did <laughs> the dirt bike thing. I don't know why I said that, but uh, <laughs> but um, shout out to Violet Myers. Rest in peace to her. And shout out to the lady that played Rose on the Titanic. Man, she she's an she's an actress and. She she just was doing her job, man. Yeah. You don't gotta hold that grudge on you like that, man. She's she's cool. For one half of the podcast, because she won't be hitting nothing. Nothing for me. <laughs> okay. That's I think that that's sad, man. So so you won't be watching Titanic again? Did no, I haven't seen it in a while, but no. I thought that was like a real like this person was survived the Titanic, and that ruined the whole movie for you just now when I t- when you found that out. Yeah. That's fair. I've, yeah. uh, it's not fair, but I, res- I respect it. Yeah, that's very fr- that's on brand. That's on brand for you to be yeah. like, nah. I thought that was real, and since it's not real, fuck that lady. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, man. They would do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just loud of people. <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of the Elaine massacre. Elaine? Yes. Um, so this was a time during where, obviously, white supremacy was was a bit mainstream then. Um, so dozens of race riots was going on across the country, mm-hmm. especially in the South. Uh, also, it was about 350 African-American soldiers fighting um, for their country abroad while mm-hmm. this, these times was going on. So, you know, it was... They're fighting war for their country and coming back home to hate, to hate. So no respect, no respect. So, you know, fighting these two battles that, you know, you can say that they was they was dealing with. Sure. So the sharecroppers um, who gathered at a small church in Elaine, Arkansas. So sharecroppers, if people, you know, I don't know what sharecroppers is. Mm -hmm. So sharecropping is a system where the landlord and the, the planter allows a tenant to use the land in exchange of a share of the crop. Mm-hmm. So this encouraged tenants to work to produce the biggest harvest that they could and ensure that they would remain tied to the land and unlikely unlikely to leave for other opportunities. So these people were working their ass off mm-hmm. to get on somebody else's land to get some profits of what what they're making. And these people were, you know, these 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 uh landowners were going, I picked five hundred dollars worth of cotton. Yeah, but you use six hundred and fifty dollars worth of supplies. Yeah, so you're still in the hole. So you're still in the hole. Yeah, which and, is and and even on your best day, I'll never pay you enough money for you to be able to go buy your own land exactly. and not have to pay my land rent. Yep. So you basically are just are a slave. Yep. With yep. that, yep. that makes a little bit of money. Yeah, it's just it's just another form of slavery. Yeah. The sharecropper. Yep. So the sharecroppers who gathered at a small church in Elaine, Arkansas, in the late hours of September thirtieth, nineteen nineteen, knew the risk they were taking. Upset about unfair low wages, they enlisted um, the help of a prominent white attorney from Little Rock, Ulysses Bratton, to come to a lane to press for a fair share in the profits of their labor. Each season, landowners came, came around demanding obscene percentages of the profits without ever presenting the sharecroppers' detailed accounting and uh, trapping them with supposed debt. So also, there was no type of documentational like receipts so so these slaves can go hey man i did this yeah it was just like it's my word against yours and you're dealing with people who systemically have a lower education Mm -hmm. because they were not given opportunities to so so it's almost like 
it's easy to trick them into some kind of fucked up contract yeah. or just, or and also I'm white. Yeah. Like you and said, then they can't read, they can't read, they can't yeah. write. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, even if you show them something it's like they don't know how to when you start using, you know, uh lawyer jargon and big words and all, yeah. all these figures and stuff, you you like confuse them and they all they know is, okay, so if I sign this, I'll get money and I can start, you know, farming or whatever the thing I'm trying to do on your land. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, so just sign this. But also even, I think that might be even too complicated. I think it's more of like what you said, where it's just like, it is what I said it is. Yeah. I don't need to fucking trick you. I just, I'm white, you're yeah. black, and so yeah. take this deal. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe yeah. anything you have to say. And then even if they do <laughs> believe it, they're white too. Yeah. So fuck exactly. you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yep. so there was very little recourse for African-American tenant farmers against uh, this exploitation. Instead, there was an unwritten law that no African-American could leave until his or her debt was paid off, which it's slavery. It's not, it never happened. It's, yeah. These people, what they wasn't going anywhere. Um, so they probably, or, they probably do shit like, yeah, man, I will give you the farm equipment at 30% interest. So yeah. you get the farm equipment up front for free. But then by the time it's time for you to pay us back, it's six times of what we paid for the farm equipment. But yeah. that's what you agreed to when you started using our farm equipment. Yeah. So that's fucked know. up. So organizers hoped Branton's presence would bring more pressure to, to bear through the courts. Aware of the dangers, the atmosphere was tense after racially motivated violence in the area. Some of the farmers were armed with rifles. Now, they got this white attorney to come in to help. help. He's a white guy. Um, He could have some say. Mm -hmm. Got him, but they was like, this is super risky. This is super dangerous, especially if these other white farmers or whatever, landlords, Mm -hmm. hear about this meeting that we're having in this church. Mm -hmm. So at around 11 p.m. that night, a group of local white men, um, some of whom may have been affiliated with the local law enforcement, fired shots into the church. The shots were returned, and in the chaos, one white man was killed. That set off everything. Yeah. Set off everything. So um, I did watch a video also while doing this story. There was a video where it was like some guys rode past and was like, hey, get away from there. And they being nosy as shit, mm-hmm. um, go up and ask some questions, and people still don't know. Who fired the first shot? Who shot first? I think I can make some. Oh first. yeah. You think you think those white guys just came there to be like, hey, so what are you guys doing here? Yeah. And then the black people just shot at them unprovoked. No, they came there probably threw some rocks through the window. Mm. Who knows what else? Circle the block a couple times. Yeah, yeah. intimid trying to intimidate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So the shots were returned, and um, and in the chaos, one white man was killed. Word spread rapidly about the death. Rumors arose that the sharecroppers who had formerly joined a union Mm -hmm. known as the Progressive Farmers and Household Union of America were leading a organized insurrection against the white residents of Phillips County. Now, times of social, not social media, but the times of uh, news hasn't changed. Yeah. They took that. It's telephone. They took that, Mm -hmm. spend it. And by the time it gets to people, it's the it's the craziest thing ever. In the it's world. the craziest. Now, now all these these black African American farmers are trying to get this group to go after all the white men. Yeah, and that was how they spend it. And that's when shit shit got under control, got um out of control. But but also there's also this, and this is still relevant today. There's this this fraction of society who will always feel like, uh. Black people are just waiting on their moment to get their revenge mm. on all of the stuff that we did, and so that that's why they're mad. And so th- th- it's and and we have to get ahead of that yeah. and stop them first, yeah, because they're gonna come 
for revenge. Yep. Like and so and therefore we need to stop them before they try to stop us. Yeah. And that's like the mind frame of a lot of people in this country. That's I crazy. didn't know how big the number of people was, but yeah. I've learned recently that it's a lot. It's not this small fraction of people, you know. The internet has allowed them to all be able to congregate to and yeah. talk to each other yeah. and share memes and all this type of shit. But that's a fear. Yeah. Where it's like, that's what they, they're going to come for us one day. Yeah. So he took that and it was like, no, these, these people just want what they deserve. They just yeah. want part of the profits that they was promised, I mm -hmm. guess you can say. They're not, they not, they not worried about that. They're just trying to get what they deserve. They profits. But, but that's why it was so easy for them to snap into that. Like, mm -hmm. they're coming for us? Yeah. Because we've been fucking them and making them get 6% of the uh, the shares from yeah. working the field. To them, and, that sounds way, it makes more sense yeah. than them just trying to. It's like, oh, they're over them. it. They're tired of the shit. They're yeah. tired of being treated like shit. Oh, th they're revolting. Yeah. Of course they are. Yep. Yeah. So Governor Charles Bro called for 500 soldiers from a nearby, from, from nearby Camp Pike to, uh, to, as the Arkansas Democrat reported on October 2nd, round up the heavily armed Negroes. The troops were under order to shoot to kill mm. any Negro who refused to surrender immediately. So they got soldiers, bro. 500 soldiers. 500 soldiers. For a church of people. Like a a couple dozen people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's not like... It's not like a thousand people in the church. Yeah, but again, like you said, though, they was trying to get ahead of what they think was going to happen. So it was yeah. like, oh, we need all y'all to come. Yeah, before and they start going into white people's houses and cutting their heads off yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, so it was like, we need to get this under control. Shoot to kill. Yeah. I don't, that bullshit was like, oh, if they're not surrendering. No. no. They, Shoot they, to they, kill. they were saying people... What, what happened was when they got these soldiers to come out there, African-American people thought that, Oh, they're here to help us to get <laughs> shit under control. Wow. And they were coming out saying, hey, yeah. my hands are up. Right. But it was like, they thought they were. They didn't they, think anything. They, they were there to shoot. To they kill. were there to shoot them. But they was like, oh, they, they thought they were attacking them. So mm -hmm. they started shooting. Yeah. But these. But, Sounds good. Right. But the people, they was like, oh, you know, we thought they were here to protect us and help yeah. us and get everything under control. And it was like, no, that's yeah. not. Yeah. So they were saying to kill any, any Negro who refused to surrender immediately. They went well beyond that. Banding together with local vigilantes. So people mm, was just like, get, let me get in on this. Let me get in on this. Mm -hmm. I want parts. Um, they were getting together with local vigilantes and killing at least 200 African-Americans. Mm. Estimates run much higher, but there was never a full accounting. Now, they said it never was a full accounting, but it was like, it could be up to at least 350 African-American people that women, children mm -hmm. that were killed. Just went out and killing every, everybody that they saw. The and then to allow people from the town... Who knew Teddy or whoever that guy was to be like, yeah, get your gun and come join. They're shooting anybody. That's it's like, insane. I'm mad. That's my friend. I, he, we work together. I'm shooting anybody that I see that's black. Yeah. They were out there like Liam Neeson, man. Just getting just soldiers. You see somebody with jeans on. Yeah. And come hat. on. Let's do this. <laughs> Walk around with his shotgun and a rifle. That's crazy, man. And the killing was indiscriminate. Men, women and children unfortunate enough to be in the um, in the vicinity were slaughtered. Amidst uh, the violence, five whites died. But for those deaths, someone would have to be held accountable. In the in the deaths that were caused by the genocide of all these people in this town, five white people probably got shot by other white people or black people trying to defend their Defense family. Or, you know. 300, 200 plus African-American people would, were dead, were killed in the streets. Mm -hmm. Five white men who couldn't who, who couldn't mind their business and just stay in the house were killed, and it was like, oh, we not worried about them two hundred fifty people. No, we, these oh, somebody got to pay for these five more these five people, white men. Yeah, yeah, that were killed. Out of this tra this tragedy, 
known um, as the Elaine Massacre and the subsequent prosecution will come a Supreme Court decision that would uh, that would um, append years of court sanctioned injustice against African-Americans and would secure the right of due process for defendants placed in an impossible and in, in impossible circumstances. Now, let's go into the, the Supreme Court or whatever. Mm-hmm. All white jury. Shocker. No chance. Mm-hmm. Despite its impact, little about the carnage in Elaine was unique during the summer of 1919. It was part of a period of vicious reprisals against African-American veterans returning home from World War I. Many whites believe that these veterans, including Robert Hill. Thought who, they were uppity. They thought, yeah, thought they were better than people. So, yeah, yep. Um, disgusting. Yeah, even including Robert Hill, who co-founded the, um, the, PF, the PFHUA, which is the, the organization that they formed, mm-hmm. um, posed a threat as they claimed greater recognition for their rights at home. Even though they served in large numbers, black soldiers realized over the course of the war um, and in the immediate aftermath, after their achievement and their success actually provoked more rage and more vitriol than if they had utterly failed. So these people went to war. Fought for their country. Fought for their country. Died for their country. And it's like, we still got to go yeah. back home to deal with all and this now, shit. But now you come home and it's like, some dude who works at a, a, a fucking a mechanic or some shit, like some dude who's just been on his ass his whole life done nothing for this country is mad at you for having the nerve to think you can wear that uniform that's crazy. And have your head held high and want to be respected like a like a white soldier Even wow. a guy who's done nothing is like who do you think you are trying to throw that in my face yeah. wearing that wearing those colors that's that's where the anger came from came from and a lot of sent in the direction of a lot of black soldiers yeah like who you think you're better than me like what that's crazy it's my country too. I went over that far. You didn't do shit. You didn't go over there. Yeah. That's wow. So during the massacre, Arkansas Leroy Johnson, who had spent nine months recovering in a hospital from injuries he suffered in the trenches of France, was pulled from a train shortly after returning home and was shot to death alongside his three brothers. Mm. In places like Phillips County, where the economy directly depended on the, the predatory system of sharecropping, white residents were inclined to view the activities of Hill and others as the latest in in a series of dangerous situations. So in the days after the bloodshed in Elaine, local media coverage continued to fan the flames daily, reporting um, um, sensational stories of an organized plot against whites. Again, they was going there putting like, oh, the blacks are trying to come mm-hmm. create this organization to come after all, all the white people. A seven-man committee formed to investigate the killings. Their conclusions all too, all too predictable. The following week, they issued a statement in the Arkansas Democrat declaring the gathering in Elaine a deliberately planned insurrection of the if the Negroes against the whites led by the PFHUA, whose founders use ignorance and superstitions of a race of children for monetary gains. The paper claimed every individual who joined was under the understanding that ultimately he would be called upon to kill white people. Mm. A week later, they would congratulate. They, could, they would congratulate themselves on the whole episode and their ability to, re- to restore order confidently, claiming that not one slain African-American was innocent. The real secret of Phillips County's success, the newspaper boasted, is that the, Southern, the Southerner knows the, knows the Negro through several generations of experience. So kind of they were saying like, oh, you know, we... They were already ready to believe these things Exactly, anyway. yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. That's all, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the counter... To counter this ex- accepted narrative, Walter White, a member of the NAACP, 
whose appearance enabled him to blend in with the white residents. Now, this shit was... Mm, high, was, ye- high, yellow, was high yellow guy. Yep. So he was like, Hello there. I'm going to use this to my advantage. Yeah. Um, snuck into the Phillips County by posing as a reporter. In subsequent articles, he claimed that that careful um, examination does not reveal the the dis- disastrously plot which has been charged, and that indeed the PF the PFHUA has no designs on an uprising. He pointed out that that this disparity in death toll alone belie the accepted versions of events. So also, I want to it, 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 what happened with this guy doesn't come up in the um, in this in this story that I'm reading, but this guy was like. <laughs> He was in there and in the middle of everything because yeah. he like he could pass for a white guy. Like, can you believe what these niggers think? And he's like, yeah. yeah, man, I hate it when they do that. That's fucking intense, man. Yeah. So he's getting all he's getting all the info because you know he they talking to him. He's mm-hmm. in there and it was like, where where got around that he was he was black or he was mixed oh, or whatever. Shit. Okay. And it was oh, like shit. he was on the first the first train or plane out of there. Oh yeah. Because he found out and it was like and it was like oh if if we would have caught him oh he'd have been dead. He'd have been strung up in the tree. Oh, my God. You know, that happened to a guy at my job. What? He wasn't trying to infiltrate or something like that, but it's like racist. You know, it's like I I work a union job, so all that shit is blue collar, Mm. the the election, all that shit. It really is like this racial divide. And he's a very light-skinned dude. Mm. And he got into, like, we, we we, we all drive in vans to go into the ships. Yeah. So he got into a ship that was, like, all white dudes. Mm. And, um... I think he was dry. He might have been driving the van. Either okay. way, he when he either way when somebody got on the van, it was like all white dudes on the van, and the white dude was like, "Damn man, uh, you must have like nigger repellent or something like because they just they stay away from you." He was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" And oh, it turned shit. into this whole thing, and it was a whole. I mean, it was like they almost had like the guy. They had to like hold the guy back because that's just like a crazy. But he said it like. You know what I mean? Like just wow. so it's crazy what you can catch people saying. People say yeah when man. they're comfortable. That's that's why he but said for, it just but for them to just but for you even if you're around people of your your own kind for you to say that and and think people are just whoever like, you say yeah, to you just, wanna, just go with it that's yeah. crazy but that tells me that it's been enough times yeah. that it did go like like <laughs> yeah you see yeah I got aisle four like that like he that might have been his go to joke where it worked before yeah and in the right room it'll get a laugh that's sixty percent of the time it works every time you know. That's great. And you just got to read the room. You're like, oh, this look like a bunch of like kind of progressive hipster kids. I won't yeah. say that joke here, but like, we're all at Bass Pro Shop. Like, nigga repelling. Where's what aisles the nigga repelling in? Am I right? And they're like, oh, oh, oh that's good. Like, that's wipe a tear from underneath their eye. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> next to the reeds. Oh, so yeah, no, it's crazy. So that's bold, though, to go at the angry white guy meeting about the black people that shot five white people and you're in there infiltrating. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so with white, so with African Americans making up a significant majority of local residents, um, it appears, it appears that the fatalities would have been differently proportioned if a well-planned murder plot had existed among the Negroes. This is what he wrote in yeah. in the Nation. Five people, five people, five white people. That, what a what a terrible uh, insurrection that was. Yeah, if it was planned like they're saying it was. Yep. Uh, so the NAACP also pointed out in their um, publication, The Crisis, that in the prevailing climate of unchecked lynchings and mob violence against African-Americans, none would be f- fool enough to do so. The black press picked up the story and other and other papers began to integrate whites um, counter narrative into their accounts, galvanizing support for their for their defendants. 
The courts were another matter altogether. Dozens of African Americans became defendants in in Hasley, um, convened murder trials that used incriminating testimonies. Again, um, well, I'll get say, I'll say what I want to say after this part. Mm-hmm. Um, incriminating testimonies co- coerced through the torture and twelve men and twelve men who were sentenced to death. Mm. Jury deliberations lasted just moments, like quick. Yeah. Uh, the verdicts the verdicts were a foregone conclusion. It was clear that they had not been slated for um, execution by the court. They mob they mob would have done so even sooner. So there were um, to get these people to confess these black twelve black men to confess. They whipped them, mm. um, put formaldehyde up their nose, oh, um, stripped them naked. Um, electrocution mm. for them to go on and say what they wanted them to say. Yeah. Um, but, if, you know, we knew that. That's mm-hmm. something they use so they can get these 12 men killed because five white men um, were killed. So it was like, you know, we're going we gonna to sentence them. Mm-hmm. So you had 12 black men who were clearly charged um, with the murder in a system that was absolutely corrupt at the time. Mm-hmm. You had a you had mob influence. You had witness tampering. You had a jury that was all white. You had almost certainly judicial bias. Mm-hmm. You had the pressure of knowing that if you were a juror in the case, that you would almost certainly not be able to live in that town if you decided anything other than the conviction. Uh, so this was says by Michael Carey, an attorney and chair, the chair of the NCAA Advocacy and Policy Committee. Committee. No white residents were tried for any for any. Any other crimes, anything yeah. that happened, no white man was was tried for that. Mm-hmm. So, all white jury, um, it was like you know, if you if y'all vote anything else, yeah, we're coming out. You're a turncoat. You can't. You're, yeah, you're you, betraying your race. Exactly. We all know the deal. We all came here. We're gonna do the show. We're gonna sit out there, listen to his fucking bullshit defendant. I mean, his bullshit uh, defense attorney. Whatever he's saying, we're not listening. And then when it's done, we're gonna come here and all write guilty. Yep. So the outcome, at least initially, echoed an, un, an unyielding trend demonstrated by many, um, a mob lynching for African-American defendants. Accusations and convictions were interchangeable. Nonetheless, the, the NAACP launched a series of appeals and challenges that would inch their way through Arkansas state courts and then federal courts for the next three years. Series of hard-fought victories and discouraging setbacks that echoed previous attempts at local um Redress for the black citizens. It's a leaning process for the NAACP, says Lent Smith. There is a sense of how to do it and who to draw on and what sort of arguments to make. The cases of six of the men will be sent for retrial over a technicality, while the other six defendants, including name uh, Plantum Frank Moore, had their case argued before the United States Supreme Court. The NAACP, uh, NAACP's legal strategy um, hinged on the claim that the defendant's 14th, 14th Amendment right to due process had been violated. Yeah, big time. Yeah. In February 1923, by a 6-2 to margin, the court agreed, citing the all-white jury lack of opportunity to testify, confessions under torture, denial of change of venue, and the pressure of the mob. Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote for the majority that if the case is that the whole proceeding is a mask. The counsel, jury, and the judge were, were swept to the fatal end by an unresistible wave of public passion. Then it was the duty of the Supreme Court to intervene as a guarantor of the petitioner's um, constitutional rights where the state of Arkansas had failed. So the verdict marked a drastic departure from the court's longstanding hands-off approach to the injustice 
and justices happening in the place like Elaine. This was a systematic shift in how our Supreme Court was recognized in the rights of African-Americans, says Curry. After a long history of having little recourse in courts, Moore versus Dempsey, which is another, uh, which is the case, one of the cases they, they still started using after this whole thing, mm-hmm. just to help them win those different types of cases that had. Yeah, it's like a, it, was like it, was a, it was a precedent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the ruling also carried broad-ranging implications for all citizens in terms of federal intervention and the contested criminal cases. The recognition that the state had violated um, the procedural due process and the, f- the federal courts actually weighing in on it was huge. There was a difference that was being paid to the state criminal proceedings. Then this sort of broke the protection that existed for states. So the sharecroppings that had gathered in Elaine had a simple goal, to secure a share in the profits gained from their work. But the series of injustice Injustices, the events of that night unleashed would, would, through several years of tenacious effort, end up before the nation's highest court and show that the longstanding tradition of declaring African-American guilty absent constitutional guarantees will no longer go unchallenged. So those 12 men that were charged and, and was put to death mm-hmm. for those killing of those five men, um, I can't remember the year. They were put the to death? They were put to death, but they were exonerated. After you know, the years after, after all, all this happened, but that's that's crazy for for it to begin with. We just want we just want our shit. Yeah, all the all the shit we all the work we put in, all the work we out here working picking cotton and shit. And I and it's like it's not like I don't understand the concept of sharecropping. I but a sixty forty split, like yeah. you own the land. Yeah, but we're tilling we're tilling the field like we're making the product that. You're you're selling or whatever it is, yeah. And you're giving us a fraction of the of the percent. How are we supposed to buy our own black owned farm? And this is like whenever I hear stories like this, it blows my mind that there are people in this country specifically, but it's an American problem because it's it's, it's it's American history that are like, um. So there's this there was this uh this this act that was passed to try to like. Um, incentivize black owned farms mm. and then people are like yeah oh yeah yeah when, when's the last time you seen a farm in the hood like Repu- the republican joke is like huh, yeah oh yeah black people when do they farm and it's like look at what the history of this country has done everything in this country and this is and i don't know what critical race theory is but if it's anything like the things that i believe that everything is tied back to race. If that's what critical race theory is, basically, then people should learn that because there's so many things that are tied back to racism. Mm. Oh, black people can't swim. Well, if you go back far enough into the sixties and the fifties, white people used to come to pools, public pools and pour bleach into the water. So then it's like, well, let me, let me stop showing up to this fucking pool. Fuck yeah. this swimming shit. And now the next generation, cause that's just your grandparents raising your parents. And now you're here and it's like, oh yeah, we never go to pools. Why is that? Oh, because the, the matriarch of your family burned their eyes with bleach when they were a kid, so they just stopped going to pools. So that's not in your family history of a thing that you do is go to pools. Oh, why do all the black people live in L.A. and Detroit and Chicago and Baltimore? Okay, well, when black people live in Arkansas, there was a race murder. that <laughs> They right. fucking burned the church. It's like, oh, so, yeah, well, uh, fuck Arkansas. Man, it's not that many black people in Wyoming. I'm sure you go back and you... You do some, you do your Googles, I bet you'll find some kind of crazy event that ran a bunch of black people out of the town, you know? So it all goes back to a thing. And then you talk about farming and it's like, yeah, black people, I don't know, in masses probably don't own farms, but like, look at how unfair the farm, first of all, you know, we were slaves for 400 years and then they just like, hey, all right, slavery's done. Get out of here. 
Well, can we get some land or something? Or something. No. <laughs> okay, so what are we supposed to find? I don't know. Fucking, you can come work on my farm, though, and I'll pay you slave wages. Yeah. And so you can still do the thing that you're good at, which is farming. You learned how to farm. It's in your genes, generation to generation to generation. You know how to, you know how to work these crops like nobody else, but we're not going to give you the land. But you can do it for us still, and we'll just, instead of paying you nothing, we'll give you a little bit of money so you can eat some bread. And then it's like, okay, so now... The whole sharecropping thing falls falls apart in, in a lot of ways, but it's probably still happening now currently with like Mexican people and uh, fruit and all the things that they get slave wages to, to work fields. And now you go, oh, now it's some some fucking YouTubers like, oh, yeah, a, a grant to get black people to farms. Black people hate farming. It's like, no, it's everything's tied back to some horrible thing yeah. that happened to took, yep. that made them go away from farming. It's, it, everything is tied back to like it can be traced back to some horrible event and you talk about what this happened in, you said the early 1900s right 19 what the massacre the massacre 1919 1919 yeah, yeah. so your grandparents parents that happened to them yep so you it's, it's not this isn't ancient history oh we don't even know a person that could have there are people's grandparents right now who were sharecroppers currently so this is not some kind of like, oh, it was so long ago. Get over it. Like, no, this is you learn from the people who teach you. And that sounds like such a simple, stupid thing that I just said, but it's the truth. I mean, if my mom doesn't know anything about stocks, it's not in me to just, oh, yeah, let me take my money and invest it in stocks. Right. That's something I got to go out and, and go really make a, a plan of mine. You know, if 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 my parents don't do X, Y and Z then how am I going to learn to do it? So if my parents, if their experience was, oh, well, you just work other people's lands and you take whatever they give you, then that's kind of like what you grow up learning that that's what you do. You go work, you go work some, whoever will give you a job. That's the best you can shoot for. Not owning your own land and working the fields and being a business person for yourself. If that's not what you learned growing up, then that's not something that's most likely to just be inherent in you. So it's just like, it's just a, everything is tied back to a deeper rooted problem. Yeah, it's just crazy to hear those stories when um when it's like multiple going on at the same time. Yeah. Around that time. Oh, it was oh, they were sick of it. it was, oh, you guys want you guys want to fight in war. You guys want to be treated equally. Yeah. Fuck that. Burn yeah. all the shit up. Yeah. Tulsa. Nope. You guys want to have your own little cities. And then when we come in here and want to make sure you understand the uh, hierarchy is, and then one of us gets killed. Yeah. Cause nine times out of ten, that's what happened. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, there was a fight. Some white guy, he died in a fight. Yeah. Okay, well, then all the black people here, y'all clearly don't know how y'all are supposed to act. And when a white man comes into this area, you fucking bend the knee and you show respect. And that didn't happen and one of us died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole thing, is we're burning all of this down. Yeah. that's We got to make sure you guys know to stay in your place. Yeah. All those all those African-American people died, especially in this the story I did was mm-hmm. majority African-American people. Yeah. And this shit went... All that shit that happened. But also, I did. I made a mistake. I had to go back and look at the video real quick. They were released in 1925. So they, they didn't die. They, they were sentenced they, to death. They were sentenced to death. But, but they, they were, never, like, They was were exonerated executed. and released in 1925. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah, better yeah. of a yeah, story. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's absolutely... That's in, it's it's still a fucking tragic story. But all and, the shit yeah. they had to go through. Yeah. A lot of to people To take had, baby yeah. steps for them to get to appeal and retrial. And, and a lot of people in that process had to break the status quo. There were a lot of white allies in that in that chain of things that happened those events that were like no you know what this is wrong yeah like there, there was a lot of people where it was like well man you're gonna lose your job like you're gonna lose your white job and your white 
money yeah. trying to help these 12 black people. Fuck them. It's like, no. A bunch of fucking movies that Disney's going to make. No. This is wrong. Yeah. And the music starts playing. Mm. I'm going to do something that is just right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, thanks. But yeah, no, but thank you, though. Because a lot of people had to really ostracize themselves to make that happen. Yeah. Like the, one of the guys we talked about on here, um, he was in podcast but outside i can't i'm kind of the, the white lawyer the white the white lawyer yeah he went through all that shit yeah family being threatened all mm-hmm. that shit because he was what was going on he was like oh this is wrong yeah. i'm not i'm i'm a i'm gonna do i'm gonna help i want to help them i want to do the right thing yeah and he threatened mm-hmm. people trying to kill him it's yeah just and it's like pe- it's easy to make jokes about those people where it's like oh man congratulations oh you did the bare minimum you did a good thing but like that's a lot of fucking pressure, man. Yes. To, to like, oh, my life is set. I'm going to live this life yeah. or I can do this thing that's going to change everything. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, uh, denounced by my family. I'm going to be ostracized yeah. by my community. And my whole life is going to be turned upside down. I could die. Yeah. You know, so I don't I'm not just trying to I would never diminish that. But it is it is like a it is like a funny thing that. It's it is it is there's a nobility in just like not being a fucked up person. But also you can but you can say that. But it could it could be a lot of those people that go like this is wrong. But I can't. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, there's I'm, a, not, I'm sure there's a ton of people that yeah. were like it's wrong. But uh, no thanks yeah, on the I'm life that I'll be giving up. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So it, there there is there is absolutely a nobility in not just feeling it but doing something yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a message that goes to anybody because I need that's something I'm trying to work on in my life where. You know, I have I have I have gay friends. I have, you know, friends of all kinds of walks of life. And I consider myself I would I would if, if anybody disrespected one of my friends for the way that they live their life and how they choose to be happy and, and, and express themselves in front of me, I wholeheartedly feel like I would sock that person in their jaw. Yeah. But if somebody just made some kind of blanket statement and I'm in the room and it's and it's like, well, it's not directed towards me, mm-hmm. I might. And have in the past had a tendency to be like, I mean, do I want to stand up at this fucking TGI Fridays and tell this guy he's an asshole and that's homophobic or that's racist or mm. whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like there is a I can feel like that's fucked up. Yeah. But there's a bravery in. No, my my friend, my Asian friend isn't here right now. My gay friend isn't here right now. So what he said was fucked up at that table. Mm. But I just let him rock like, I, what am I? You know, I'm yeah. not going to say anything. There's a bravery in standing up and saying, you know, I don't care if my, the person that I know isn't here to be yeah. offended by that. That was offensive and fucked up what you just said. Yeah. And so I'm going to let you know that. So, you know, that is something I'm working on. But that is, there's a bravery. And I'm not, you know, people yeah. people might hear that and be like, you sh- hey, you should do that. That's also like, that's also with the people, with, if they're with somebody, for them to go. Yeah, maybe I, yeah, maybe I yeah. Those people should be ostracized by yeah, the. Yeah. You shouldn't. It's the same thing where I, the thing I talk about that happened at my job. Yeah, you shouldn't feel comfortable saying that in public. Yeah. So it is. It, it is also on your circle of friends. Yep. But if you're all ignorant, no, who's going to check you? Yeah. If they all think the same way that you do, so it's this hard. It's this really. It's 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 a hard thing to you know to build up that courage to go. You know what, man? I am going to step. If you really want to call yourself an ally, that's why I stopped calling myself that because I do check and realize that. You know, I'm not out here on the front. I'm not out here just like standing up and getting in people's face over shit that doesn't affect me directly. Yeah. And so how can I call myself an ally if the only time I'm an ally is for the people that I know and have had memories with and experiences with and and are my friends Mm. who happen to be a part of X, Y and Z community? Really, if you want to call yourself an ally, 
you're riding for whoever you don't even know them yeah and i and i still stand by i would never let a woman get harassed in front of me mm-hmm. i would never let a gay person get like you know ganged up on by some weirdos at yeah. a bus stop like if it happened in front of me but i'm just what i'm what i'm speaking about is a very specific thing that i think a lot of people can relate to and understand especially people who might be you know gay or you know of a certain uh walk of life who might not uh outwardly present that mm-hmm. and and hear those things and just have to swallow it and be like oh, well, uh it's eight it's eight dudes in here who are very mad at gay people right now so i'm just gonna not let them know that i'm gay just for my own safety yeah so again i'm not trying to diminish that's it up. that's super fucked up it happens all the time i see those memes i see memes on instagram where it's like you know uh uh, like a funny video from like a, a diva ish type of movie of like a, a, and the captions like me walking out of the barbershop after I just you know tricked all the guys there into thinking I was straight like that's a that's a that's that's the life for a lot of people especially black gay people who like I got to get my I got to get my lineup right yeah but I can't come in here in there with the nails and you know dressed how I really express myself so I'm just gonna throw on a sweatsuit and just <clears throat> yeah oh yeah can I get a a, a fade yeah thanks man and just oh yeah girls. Love them for their own safety. They got to do that. Yeah. So for me to be up here talking about just me, just uh, with no real stakes in the game talking about, yeah, I just kind of let that shit rock sometimes. Cause I don't want to be involved in the confrontation. Whereas people out here that got to do that so that they don't die. Yeah. You know? So that's what I say. When I say I'm trying to check that my discomfort is nothing compared to like somebody's life. Yeah. So me just, if, if, if that little confrontation might, Maybe not change that person's mind, but let them know, hey, I can't just say that in this space. If it does that, just make them make it clear that it's this it's the same thing. Like I said, the, the thing that happened in my job. If me doing that lets that person know, all right, well, I can't just be like, man, gay people are nasty outwardly here. Yeah. Then that is helping in some kind of way. And so it took me some time to really understand that instead of just being like, well, you know, I don't really want to have the confrontation if it's not. Nobody seems to be mad at what ha- what's happening right now. So if I say something, I'm just kind of the guy that's starting a confrontation with everybody. Maybe they're going to think I'm gay. Then you go into the whole thing of like, what is it? If I'm the only yeah. person that's mad, how does that look about me? Yeah. But that's ego and a bunch of shit that I'm trying to kill within myself of like, who gives a shit if they think I'm gay? That's not right what you're saying. Yeah. You know? So it's all, we're all learning and we're all trying to grow, man, is the point. So Thank you for sharing that story, man. That was really sad and, yeah. you know, and terrible. And, you know, again, black history is American history, man. Like this is, these are stories yeah. that everybody should know. These are stories that should be told that should be, you know, I, I was really on a kick a couple years back. I fell for that whole, like, man, I'm tired of seeing slave movies. And, you know, th- it is, it is kind of a trope that Hollywood goes to, 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 to get, it's like whenever you want to do at least a point at a point it's it's changed a bit but there was a there was a point in hollywood where it was like you want to have black people in a movie you wanted to have drama in it and you wanted to win an academy award mm-hmm. slave movie mm-hmm. it just was like it's people are going to cry it's going to be good actors all of that it's it was like the easy thing to do mm-hmm. so there were a lot of fucking slave movies back to back to back and black people got sick of seeing trauma yeah but this isn't a slave movie and it should it should be a, it, it it wouldn't be a slave movie, but it's a it's a story. It's fucking tragic. It's sad, but people need to hear that this shit happened. Yeah, you know. So there's a ton of stories about the history of this country that haven't been told because we just kind of go like, okay, well, it was 400 years of slavery, and then Martin Luther King, and then now, 
But there's a whole bunch of shit in there that needs to be told and should be and should be respected and not treated like, oh, it's February. Let's tell that. Let's talk about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and and Rosa Parks, and then move on. Move on. Yeah. You know, it's a ton of stories out there, folks. So just you know, Black history is American history. So, and it's interesting. That wasn't interesting to people. Like you, you, you hear that you're like, what the fuck? Wait, what? They're yeah. getting fucked on the sharecropping, and then th- they get uh, there's a massacre. Yeah, that's an. He's wanted their money. Yeah, and he got <laughs> murdered. Murdered. It's crazy. And nobody got in trouble. Nobody got in trouble because five white men got killed in the process of killing hundreds of people. Yep. In the process of killing hundreds of people, five white guys died, and so they were like, "This is unacceptable," and we need twelve people. We need 12 blacks yep. to die, not because they did something, so that the other ones know this is unacceptable. That's all that was. Yeah. They were going to kill those 12 people to set an example. And if it wasn't for the courts, they was going to lynch those 12, those oh, 12 yeah. men. Majorly. Yeah. yeah. So that was the Lane Massacre, Lane 12. They have, they have a couple different little names they use for it. But yeah. um, came across that story, and I was like, when I saw the Red Summer, I was like, oh, shit, it's another. It's another. I don't know this story. Yeah. So that's why I went to do that story. Well, thank you, man. That was a very interesting story. I appreciate it. What we're going to do is get into these good vibes because they're, they're much needed after uh, that rant. Sorry about that. Welcome back to our Good Vibes segment. It's my turn to go first. There's plenty, there's plenty of humorous tale to prove the adage, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I know that's right. But when one Ohio family accidentally threw their grandma's treasure into the trash, it was no laughing matter. Yeah. Unbeknownst to her relatives, the canny granny. I'm sorry? St- <laughs> the canny granny. The canny granny? Yeah. The oh, canny, canny. Like, oh, okay, got it, got it. The got canny it. granny. That's funny. The canny granny had stashed 25000 in cold, hard cash mm. in her freezer. While tidying up the kitchen, her, her kinfolk accidentally tossed out the tidy sum Tidy some along with the outdated frozen veggies. Mmm. They just didn't look just like just dumped the whole thing. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be looking for anything of value in a freezer. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure she was like, she had to be still alive though, right? The lady, the old lady had to be to go uh, like, I, I have some money in there, so be careful. But it's secret money. So you just not supposed to tell nobody? Yeah, it's a stash. But it th- but but it might have been in her will, like a surprise, like, and you guys. Yeah, but they're throwing away shit in there. Oh, without you know, Why listen, man. You go when, you got, when you got old family members like that, yeah, you just go do shit. You just go, don't tell them. We gonna get them involved. I'm like, hey, granny, because you know a grandmother. You come down. It's like, hey, so you got uh, eight loaves of bread in here in the freezer that you, I don't know, keeping alive somehow. Yeah. I don't know if every race of people does it, but black people keep a ton of bread in the freezer. Uh, just like it's past its expiration. What are you gonna yeah. un, you gonna let it sit on the on the counter and unthaw and then yeah. eat it? I don't. I never understood that. I mean, I've eaten the bread because you know. I got a question. Does um, your grandma passed away, right? The, the mm-hmm. one of your the, yeah, my great grandma. Yeah, great. Okay, go. Her did, birthday did was it, just recently. Rest in peace, Granny. Yeah, rest in peace. Does any of does any of your grandparents keep the glasses in the freezer? My grandma still does that. Yeah, you to put a chill on it. Yeah, but it's like that's why ice cubes exist. Just put some cubes in that thing. Yeah, What's no, some drink. Yeah, get the glass out the freezer. And I mean, yeah. it's nice. It's nice chill glass. It's cold. That's the reason why, but no, um, I don't. I don't think my grandmother did that. No, that's, that's not. A, that's that's not something my granny did. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, they threw away twenty five thousand dollars in cold hard cash that was in her freezer while throwing away outdated frozen veggies. Mm-hmm. It was only after the fact that the el- elderly woman remembered to warn her family 
not to misplace the envelope with the money in it. So at some point she was like, oh, wait. Oh, it sounds like, so then it sounds like she was she, aware that they were yeah, so she, the yeah, right. So, so she, she like, forgot the 25 was in the freezer. I, but I think she said something to them. But they had already did. But they already was like, or they just didn't, maybe they. It was just a miscommunication all around. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it was like, maybe they thought it would be in the bag, but it was. In I'm the picturing them being like, hey, Granny, we're going to throw some of these old uh, lima beans out. And she's like, okay. And then an hour later, she's like, oh, the money. Like, she, and I she, think she probably told him and they just was like, they was just going ham and mm. was just tossing shit like, what she's talking about? Old yeah. Lady. Yeah. Throwing shit out. Yeah. Okay. Um, envelope of money. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Grams. Yeah. Put it under the peas or whatever. Yeah. Right? Um. So yeah, she, she warned the family not to misplace the envelope with the money in it. But by then, it was too late. The garbage had already been collected and her nest egg um, was on its way to the city landfill. Mm. So frantic, the family reached out to the, um, the Republic Solid Waste Services to see if there were any way their grandma's missing savings could be retrieved. Oh, they told them the money was in there? I guess you have to. You can't go, I'm missing a bag of trash. You probably was like... Hey, look, we throw away the some way money that The way that wouldn't have gone up the chain of command, if I knew, like, I was like, oh, well, I can I know exactly what truck does that route. I'll just call them and be like, yo, stop. Don't go to the dump. Mm. I'd be like, yeah, we can try, but probably not. They usually dump that. I would just lie and not file a report. And I, oh, that's, that's, not, that's wrong, though. That's Everything I'm up. saying is wrong. It's fucked up, man. It's all fucked up, yeah. Never mind. You keep it going, though. Nah, keep nah, it's, nah, I'm done. Supposed to be good vibes, man. You stealing from people? Nah, I didn't mean to make it come off that way. It would, it would all depend. They learned. On whether or not the truck had already arrived at the landfill. Mm-hmm. Had the truck offloaded at the dump site, so, it would have been a lost cause. Yeah. The bulldozer immediately starts smoothing it, smoothing it out, mm. pushing it into the hill, dropping dirt on it, and start covering up the process of the landfill. Republic Observation Services Supervisor Gary Capen told Cleveland's ABC News, we do, we, we do that in a nonstop process. So if it got dropped there, there's no finding it anymore. Yeah. Luckily, um, Capen was able to track down the driver who had yet to make the drop off. Mm-hmm. The truck was diverted to a nearby recycling center where a six ton cargo of garbage was um, disgorged on the, the tarmac and a crew of 10 stalwart workers immediately began sifting through the mountain re- of refuse in search of the buried, the, the buried booty <laughs> and find and find that they did in record time for free. So they, they, hey man, they supervisor was like, hey, y'all need to find this bag of money. For this person. For this person, for this for this family. They found it. They tracked the truck down. It didn't go to the landfill yet. Went to the recycling. They mm-hmm. found it. They did the search or whatever. Found that money. Returned it back to the family. That's a great, that's great. Yeah, man. The way I would have been like, if I was on duty to go through that trash, I'd been like, wait, wait, wait. Are we getting overtime or something like this? This is just some lady lost. Do we get some of the, uh, the No, she just really needs the money. Like, I don't know if this is part of my job description. I would have been like, no, I'm not doing that. But no, it's good vibes. I would have done that. I would have helped out yeah. and make sure the money got to the right person. I would have done that. Yeah. Plus. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I don't think I don't think it would have went like you said, you would have you just tracked down the truck. It was a supervisor. So I don't think they would have they would have that mindset of like. Oh, we about to. I'm about to try to keep this money. Yeah, because oh, like I make, I make more. I, in a is it is me is one is time twenty five thousand yeah. dollars worth me losing a seventy thousand dollar a year job? Yeah. My answer is I don't know. <laughs> so you, if you I know, I can just call a guy and be like, "Yo, take the truck to Arby's. I'll meet you in the parking lot." Now you got split it. 
Yeah, yeah, now and and uh, only two men can only keep a secret if one of them's dead. So now this other guy knows that I'm scamming and we stole this money, <laughs> and so I have to live with that over my head for the rest of my life that he has the secret on me. Yep, that could get me fired. Yep, that's true. Becomes more trouble than it's worth once you start going through all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Start pin layers back is like yeah. So I don't think it's, it's worth it. 20, twenty. If you could just go, if I could just go and be like. I'm looking for something. Yeah, just grab and just put it in my pocket, pocket and done. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. But if you got to go and lay tell, out all the trash, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah got to so. tell people, hey man, some money here, and then you go, all right, what I get? You want me? I got to get something. I'm all paying, right, I'm I get, now, I now I'm paying everybody off. Then by the time it's done and everything, I, I got a thousand dollars. Fuck that. It's yeah, not worth. Yeah, it's not worth. It. That's, that's very <laughs> true. Uh, my good vibe story is a lot simpler of a one. It's mostly a video, um, but. I encourage people to go find the video because it's it's really cool. So um, there's a, a a story about a teenager who would be outside dribbling his basketball all the time, and he thought he was making a whole bunch of noise until one day he got a knock on the door from a, a neighbor, and he thought they were coming to be like, can you stop damn. dribbling the damn ball? Yeah. But really what happened was Canadian teenager Anthony Umbike, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Mubike, uh, is a huge fan of basketball. When summer hits in Edmonton, the 14-year-old can be spotted in the street practicing his dribbling skills on pretty much any day of the week. Mm. When he recently got a knock on the door from his neighbors, he assumed they must have been sick and tired of um, him working on his skills. But that wasn't the case at all. And in the video, what happens is his neighbor pulled together money from all the people in the neighborhood and they bought him a rim. That's dope. And then this kid's like, I hope I could go to the league someday. That would be awesome. And, you know, I really I'm so appreciative of these people pitching in because it takes a village, man. Yeah. You know why stifle this kid's. It's also Canada's, which is like, I mean, I know it's like the hacky joke at this point, but they just seem to be nicer people over there for the for the most part on on average. Okay, they just seem like just a more communal type of people, nicer, caring. That's how it seems. Yeah. Pretty progressive. Pretty progressive. I want to go there, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toronto, Toronto's high up on my list of places yes. I want to get to. But once it's cold there, it's cold as fuck. So you should go in the summertime. Yeah. Maybe next summer we'll take a trip out to Toronto. Ooh. But um, yeah, they got them. They got him this rim, and he's talking about he hopes he's 14 years old, and he's he's lanky. He might go to the league someday, and I think that's an awesome story. You like it's like you invest in this kid's future because he might. He, that that rim could be where he practices his like signature move that gets him to the league on one day. And me personally, I think that. Not this is this isn't why you should do it, but like, what if that kid does become the next Giannis Antetokounmpo? Wouldn't you want to be the the community that he that you bought him the rim that yeah. you know he practiced he'll on? Never forget that. Yeah, he'll never forget that. I'm not saying it's something in return for you. I'm just yeah. saying like, wouldn't you love? It's an investment. It's an investment. I'll make it. Yeah, it's an investment. And but hey, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta come. Oh, come you you would have a legally binding contract. You have to come by me a bit. So I will. <laughs> you make. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just meant more of like an investment and like that would be a cool story to tell. Like, yeah, you know, uh, Giannis into the Kupo was my up. neighbor, and now he still comes over for dinner sometimes. You're like, no, nah. here's this contract. You I got you with that new band. Yeah, you pull it. With, I want a bow on it. And yes, I bought you this rim. But yeah. in the event, you got like legally binding shit. Yeah. In the event that you do make it to the league and get a extension, extended contract for more than two years, I want a sports car of my choosing. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't want the. I'll just go. To the uh, recreational center. I don't want to cool. get involved in. Give me my rim. <laughs> you take the drag rim. it back down the wheels. And I'm, I will be returning this to Walmart. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> um, sorry that we could not strike a deal on getting you this rim. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep well, it business, strictly yeah. business, man. <laughs> but uh, I think that that's really awesome. I think that you know we need to invest in kids more. Um, you know, we we you hear all these things uh, from elders and communities all across the country about rap music and you know all these other outlets and kids don't have opportunities man i'm a big 
I'm a big proponent of bringing music back to school. I love hip hop music. I think I think hip hop is is an incredible art form. I do think that poetry without a background music is pointless most of the time. I think it's one of the stupidest ways to express yourself is spoken word poetry, unless well, like def, uh, that poetry dream. Yeah, it's just it's just oh, oh, man. so silly, man. But like, oh, but if you that's put classic. a classic. I'm a bird, come down, fly above the sky, mm-hmm. drop down, never me, make yep. it quake down, poof, be yep. gone, your breath too strong, stop it, in the name of love, love can win all. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Put That's a beat dope. to it, or sing. That's dope. Sing the song, or rap the song, but this whole like acapella, spoken, I hate poetry, it's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, write an essay, They're, I think words are beautiful, but this idea that you're going to rhyme, not on a beat, is just foolish. What are you going to do with this skill? <laughs> Who's the most famous poet today? I just think I just I, my, my, my point is I, was, I got off track. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't I'm not a fan of poetry. Um, my point is, I think that investing in art in schools is important. The reason that hip hop is so is so prevalent in a lot of inner city communities is because it's an easy outlet for creativity. All you need is a beat and you can, and the ability to rhyme words. What's harder is learning how to play the guitar, learning how to play the piano learning how to play the saxophone. And if the school that you go to doesn't offer any of these things, what connection do you have to musicality ever in your life? The only thing that you know is hip hop. I think that's why a lot of kids have very limited. Also, it's because of the radio as far as like kids having like a limited palette of like the types of music that they listen to. Mm. Like kids today, if you listen to rap, you probably only listen to rap. But it's just because you're like, ugh, a piano. (laughs) That's stupid. That's a stupid sound. Guitar, uh, I don't like that. Like you don't appreciate it because you have no connection to it because you've never even like seen a guitar. You never even held a guitar in yeah. your life, you know. So uh, I, I'm a I'm a fan of investing in kids, man. And they made an investment in this kid in their neighborhood. He's out there dribbling the ball all the time. You got to be able to shoot the ball. Yeah. You, you, wh- what are you gonna do? You know, if you all you do is dribble. No, That's he, a kid on my block that does that. Dribbles the ball. It's outside dribbling the ball. But you know what? The first thing I think. What? Yes. When you see him dribbling the ball. Yeah. What what's the first thing you think when you see him dribbling the ball? Yeah, friend, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know what you think. Uh, <laughs> I've learned that more and more over the last few weeks. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you think, but I'm let me give it a shot. Okay, so you yeah. you walk out of your house. No, I like, I like, I like. I'm the wild card, man. You just don't know. I know, and I respect it, yeah. and I appreciate it. But please don't change. <laughs> so you walk out of your house. You got your coffee in hand. Mm-hmm. Kids dribbling the ball. Your first thought is. Man, he, if he steps on a crack, he might break his mom's back when he's dribbling the ball. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Let, well, lay it on me. What is it? What is it? I'll bust his ass. <laughs> <laughs> a child? Yeah. That's the first thought. You're like, this kid, I'll fucking he all amateurish he skills at best. Still yeah. bust his ass. <laughs> he already drilling every day. Yeah. I don't need to do that. That's what happened when I burned the, I, my good vibe story about Zayla Avangard. You're like, yeah, she's cool and everything, but I'll fucking trash her. Oh, I was like, okay, man. She's not, she's 13, but it's she's great, right? Yeah, levels. I mean, she's cool. She's cool. She's got some <laughs> skills, but I'm just saying, I'll trash her. Yeah, one-on-one. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. <laughs> you like start breaking it down. So, I mean, I mean, I got more length All than I her. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in her post, I'm not the biggest guy, but to a 14-year-old girl, I mean, I'm, 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 I got a clear size advantage. I'll go right over the top of her. It's no problem. You're like, okay, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Those things are probably all would work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, I don't really have any. Oh no, I do have. I don't even know if it's a recommendation. I watched this movie called The Green Knight. I thought it was it was a very beautiful movie as far as like visually. I don't know. Black Knight, Green it. Movie, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? Honestly, though, definitively, I, when I finished the Black Knight, I could say whether or not I liked it right after, and I and I did, and okay, I did, and I did like the Black Knight. So the Black Knight might be better than the Green Knight because I don't know if I like the Green Knight off of one watch. I might All need right. to watch it again. Yeah. But you watch the Black Knight and you either like it or you it, you don't need to think about it. Yeah, you either like it or you don't. And I did like it. I love Martin I saw, Lawrence. Man. I saw I saw that movie with my grandmother who passed away. We really? saw the movie theater. Yeah, we wow. just I, the the list of movies I saw with that grandmother in theaters is just like I saw Eight Mile with her. Uh, Blade okay. 2. Yeah, I don't know. Sex scene in that movie is awkward, man. They're like fucking the first five minutes. So it's so awkward to go see a movie on a giant screen with your yeah. grandmother and people getting cranked off in the <laughs> first 10 minutes of the movie. So awkward. Or you have to pretend like you're not interested. Yeah, yeah. That's always the most awkward. Oh, like watching watching yeah. sex scene movies with like a partner Parents or something like that. Or your oh. parent or anybody where you got to pretend like, I'm not into this. Yeah. Know, like, casual, like there's like boobs on the screen mm. or male butt or whatever you're into. You just got to go like, yeah, man, the kids, that guy's a person is a great actor. <laughs> like you can't get caught up in like the, the yeah. heat and the steam. Well, why though? Because why? it's just like weird uh, social norms that we've all agreed to or not even agreed to. You, your your partner or your mom or anybody might not might not care if you're having like a fantasy or getting into something really passionate and steamy. But to you, you're like, I don't want to offend or I don't want to look like I'm That's like crazy. thirsty over yeah, this yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it might not even be the person might not care, but to you, you're like, I don't want to show that. That's yeah. like in, inappropriate or something like that. But yeah, um, saw a lot of weird movies with my grandma. The Blade Two. <laughs> you know, I don't know why she wanted to go see. She had a very. She was really into Steven Seagal, so she okay. like like action. But yeah. Eight Mile, I can't explain. <laughs> a lot of poetry in that movie too. Um, but they did it over beats the way that it should be done. <laughs> uh, this is look <laughs> at the poetry community is gonna. That might be. I'm gonna call it now. That might be the one. This might be the week where it's like, mm. how dare you? Poetry isn't an expression. <laughs> Let them have it. Let them have it. Are you praying on my downfall, man? That's I'm, not I'm cool. gonna be like, I'm gonna be like the gift. You know, Michael Jackson's eating popcorn. <laughs> I'm gonna be. Just- I didn't mean to offend the poetry community. <laughs> what you said, I was a fan. I like this podcast, and now I'll never listen again. I am a poet by trade. I I work as a poet for a living. I'm yeah. like, okay, you rap. <laughs> Then you can't be making a. <laughs> what do you mean? You work at a medieval festival. What do you mean you work? You're a poet. Oh, you're a you're a you're a bard. No man, watch it, man. Yeah, I'm going. I'm doubling down, man. I'm like the baby. <laughs> poetry, poetry, smoetry. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. <laughs> I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 